0: Science Outer space
1: Psychology Book and movie recommendations Fiction from the sovereign universe
2: Travels to points of mystery and the unexplained And even spirituality?
3: All of that can only one thing.
4: The Sovereign Technica Newsletter. By me, Ellen Sovereign, along with some stuff by that crazy man I call my husband, Dr. Brian Sovereign. It's the latest tool in your self-directed education, the education that really matters. If you want to cut through the crap of mainstream media ass clowns, sign up for the Sovereign Technica Newsletter right now at sovereign.substack.com that's
3: s o v r y n.substack.com the sovereign
2: technica newsletter welcome
1: to the future
5: i don't think that the concept of human intelligence is a meaningful or well defined and when we try to apply it in a kind of mechanistic way to electronic devices that's not meaningful either.
3: It's kind of what uh, Jeff Hawkins uh, is trying to do with Numenta. He, uh, We've interviewed Jeff on the show about uh, his sure. book On Intelligence, which is a great read. Um, mm-hmm. He says, well, if you're going to make an intelligent machine, you can't make it in a kind of von Neumann architecture. You have to do something that is more, much more massively parallel, like our own mind. Uh, but yet that, under, that implies that we somehow understand how we are intelligent and how it works. And we can apply that to a machine, all of which seems from what you've just said, uh, far-fetched.
5: Well, it, it is. Now, now, Jeff is one of the very few people who I think can make a legitimate claim to saying he's doing what you might call biologically-inspired computing. Right. Because he is literally trying to understand, by analyzing our brains, what the actual neurological processes are. And then he's simulating those in a machine, hoping that by building networks of these things they will be able to solve similar kinds of problems to those you can do with your, I think, prefrontal cortex, which are kind of your reasoning uh, and uh, pattern recognition centers. Now, that doesn't mean he's building a human being. Uh, It's not something that gets hungry at night or falls in love. That's not what Jeff would say and not really where he's going. But if anybody has a right to use a term like artificial intelligence, I think that Jeff is probably at the top of the heap. The rest of this stuff, is really en- engineering practice. So Leo, if I could come back to something that you said, sometimes I feel like the atheist at an evangelical convention, uh,
3: if i walked in there and said there this is the new there, spirituality isn't it
5: exactly you know there is no there is no god and uh you know jesus christ was a the man they'd say well thank you very much that's very nice go home go
3: by go by
5: so, <laughs> yeah. yeah so i I'm, i it, it, you don't get a lot of uh attention for claiming that the emperor has no clothes uh those who want to talk about this is all very spiritual, and we're building godlike machines, and we'll be able to upload ourselves. I don't even know what the hell that means yeah. into a machine. Yeah. Uh, good, we'll call it Grandpa in a can, is what I call this in my book. <laughs> you know, you'll go, hey, Grandpa's on the mantelpiece. Let's go ask Grandpa a question. You know, well, Grandpa's not going to be taking you out for ice cream, uh, and if it did, it's just some kind of weird mechanical device. It's not Grandpa. Grandpa's dead.
3: Yeah get used to it. (laughs) It's just something acting like Grandpa. Exactly. Uh, The following is a presentation of the Sovereign Tech podcast feed.
2: And now for another fast-breaking news story, we go to our roving reporter.
1: The podcast Sovereign Tech. It posts Dr. Brian Sovereign. The tech giants
2: tried to stop Sovereign Tech.
1: They can't.
4: The dead speak! Well, a horrible movie opened up with that, uh, but i like to think this won't be a horrible episode that we're opening that with, though we might end up going to hell over it. However, that's why we preemptively turned on the air conditioning that you can hear in the background. Uh, And, of course... If I'm going to hell, I'm not going alone.
0: <laughs> Wait, a man,
4: who's who's dragging who? Yeah, right. <laughs> are you kidding me? We're taking each other. Yeah. down. we got each other by the ankles. We're, we're, we're diving down, with, holding hands. <laughs> yeah, right, right. It's like battle toads. We're both just swinging down like dumbbells at the there same time. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> anyway, I am being joined uh, by my man Robin Freebeard, and we are recording, of course, from Rob's uh, museum here and uh well yeah and I actually I mean this, this turned into even more of a museum I mean Rob you're going through my disc collection oh which, my uh, God. which I just stored with you and man Jeez. those those eyes just just were like saucers the whole yeah, time
0: yes so, so I mean like the way this man talks about his books I feel the same way about his optical media collection it's
4: just <laughs> mind blowing <laughs> That, uh, that, it's a lot of work, <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, I, I'm tempted to start referring to us as the archivists, so yeah, the mad archivists. <laughs> yeah, that's
4: what you call us the other day, yeah, way. the
0: mad archivists. Yeah, I,
4: I like that. I mean, that, that's <laughs> ultimately, uh, we could get into a whole conversation around that, but um, I, I've for the past 15 years, I've always just felt like yeah, I'm just a librarian, you know. Yeah, like we're, uh-huh. we're just kind of building the foundation, right, um, right. You know, as yeah. an Asmos Foundation. Um, but yeah, uh, and then, boy, then he he sees my 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 uh, my seventh generation iPod Touch, and he goes, "What the hell is that?" And he <laughs> flips out. I I thought it was a phone at first. I, I and what I instantly said was, "I wish it was." Yeah, it's so fucking small. I know. Isn't right? that thing
0: awesome? Right. Like, I mean, I would love to not carry around this fucking slippery <laughs> tablet around in my. F- Freaking pocket!
4: Oh, it's it's terrible. Yeah, I mean, and I'm amazed you go around and, with your phone without a case. Not because I mean, you know, they make these things to like mil spec. You know, where like where they, you know, have great certifications, waterproof drop-proof or quote-unquote drop-proof and all this jazz. So I'm not worried about a case to protect that. I just need to put a case on my shit just so I can actually hold it because otherwise it's yeah. just you know, you're, I just, you're dropping the soap. I don't like the bulk that it adds to it. Yeah, yeah. It's, no, it's I hear that. It's
0: freaking irritating. And, yeah, it being all slippery, it's, that's irritating too because right. if I'm wearing, like, you know, kind of like baggy shorts as I want to, yep. I sit in my car and it's constantly falling
4: out of my pocket. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's insane. I, I I hate it. I hate the fact that cases... Well, again, when they make them so tough now, yeah. um, there's really no need for a case. And also, well, I mean, I've talked about this a billion times. Like, some of these smartphones, fuck smartphones, and I wish they you know, like, talk about things I wish would go to hell. Um, I wish they would. But at the, at the same time, some of them are so beautifully designed. I mean, it's such wonderful... Y- you hate to put it in a $20 piece of plastic. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. such a pisser. But, anyway... We're not here to talk about that. Uh, my opening of the Dead Speak is, yeah, so bottom line, we all wish that uh, our, our phones were just iPod touches, <laughs> <laughs> or, or at least that sub five inch size. Um, so when I opened with uh, the Dead Speak, that was uh, uh, hinting at a couple conversations we're going to have. And really, I think it does end up being, you know, one's going to lead into the other. And we really could have started with either one. But we've got a nice little Sovereign Tech supplemental here to get into. Um, so we've got tech stories, and certainly they're going to reach beyond that as well. Uh, we're going to get into a conversation later that blows my mind that we're going to be discussing Christian mysticism. So get ready for that. Um, but I guess we'll just we'll start this off. You sent me a story. Um, boy, it was a Gizmodo story. I want to say two, three weeks ago you sent mm-hmm. this to yeah. me. You, you telegrammed it to me quick, and... I'm looking at it, I'm just going, what the fuck, and I instantly went and shared it on the Patreon Discord channel uh, because I, I mean I was just I was stunned by this. Um, now I actually pulled a story that is slightly updated uh, from CNET, so we can have both of them open. But um, you, what do you got you, what do you, you got you, some you stuff. You want to send no? you oh, you send got, that to me. I don't have the sure, updated article. Sure. Well, it only has one updated bit of information but we'll read it okay um, we'll, we'll go over it so uh this the dead speaking well let, let me read this headline um and this is from cnet and from june 24th so pretty fresh upcoming amazon alexa feature can mimic voices of the dead um and then the story you sent me jismodo's headline was amazon's latest trick pipe in a dead person's voice through alexa's speakers so let me let me read it's, it's a quick read let me read the cnet story and then i think we're, we're just going to tear into this and again then we've got a whole other conversation to get into around ai um, and i think that's going to end up being well we'll see how it goes but <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we got we got amazon and google loaded uh, uh sovereign tech here And stories from David Lamb. Here we go. Amazon Alexa might use the voice of friends and family who are no longer alive in a future update. Amazon mentioned the features at its ReMars conference. uh, That's R-E colon M-A-R-S. So ReMars conference on Wednesday. And that's Wednesday of June. So I guess that would have been like the 22nd or something uh, as a way to, quote, make memories last. End quote. So here's the purpose behind this idea, let's keep reading. After listening to someone's voice for less than a minute, Alexa would be able to simulate that voice when speaking. Uh, Video of the feature depicted a child who asked to have their grandmother read them a story and Alexa affirmed before changing her voice according to Sky News. Uh, So basically there was a, a demo of this probably you know a very like scripted filmed you know set up like this wasn't like a live demo they were just showing an example of what this would look like uh but a child and of course you know they got to bring in the kids to pull at the heartstrings and they got to bring in grandma to pull at the heartstrings right especially dead grandma and you know like the, the kid asks alexa hey read me a story and then it switches into his dead grandmother's voice I have so much I want to say right now, but I'm going to keep reading. But just to make sure everybody understands, you know what this is about. So it's not clear. Reading on, it's not clear how far the feature is in development or when it could be rolled out to Alexa voice assistants. The REMARS, which stands for Machine Learning Automation Robots and Space, so that's fucking, that's
0: a ridiculous acronym.
4: Yeah, boy, they they just got to squeeze of this stuff. Anyway. Uh, so the remars uh, event spotlights what amazon is doing in ambient computing including advancements in alexa so we may not see this feature anytime soon uh i mean even you know all right i want to stop there for a second even that statement is uh, i i would argue a little chilling because now granted aws is in a very real way the you know the backbone of the internet Mm -hmm. as it were um but they're saying ambient computing including advancements in alexa so like when they're talking about ambient computing there's a lot more that amazon's working on than just alexa um and i don't think a lot of people realize that you know and and you know out of amazon's what is it uh is it labs one two three or whatever they call their their kind of their google x their, their their skunk works yeah um I imagine they're working on all kinds of crazy shit that nobody has any idea about. It's
0: not so much ambient as it it is ubiquitous.
4: Yeah, right, right. Which is, of course, the real purpose of 5G, but we'll digress on that, but you're totally right, it's ubiquitous. Um, So let let me read on more here. Uh, Let's see. There are also... So anyway, we don't know when this feature is coming, um, but it says there are also potential security concerns with the ability to recreate a voice pattern exactly, though we'll hold our judgment until we know how much... Uh, Alexa can mimic a voice after hearing it for such a short period of time. We'll also see how the feature is received. While it seems to require users to opt in to use, there's an ethical question about the rights of the deceased voice and how long it's able to be kept either on devices or companies' servers. The voice mimicking feature isn't explicitly meant for deceased family members, an an Amazon spokesperson uh, confirmed to CNET. all right, yeah, let me finish up this paragraph, because this is what is added on from what Gizmodo said. What made me actually look for this story is the Gizmodo story. Um, I know it's pronounced Gizmodo, folks, but anyway, we're, <laughs> we're moving on. Uh, you know, it was They said, well, we might find out more at the Remars conference. So the CNET story was written after that conference was finished, um, and so it has these little bit of further updates, like the fact that it was explicitly... It isn't explicitly meant for deceased family members, uh, because the Gizmodo story was suggesting that it was, and based on the evidence, I understand why they thought that. You know, at the time. Um, well, I'll but I mean, it's ahead. pretty easy
0: to assume that if you're you're getting a voice sample, you know, of a dead person, mm-hmm. the, the the system has no way of you know verifying whether or not that person is dead or not. So, I mean, right. Theoretically, it could have it could be used for anybody.
4: Yes. Yeah, so I mean, that's implied. That's a good point to bring up. Um, We'll just finish uh, finish up the paragraph here. It's based on recent advancements in text-to-speech tech, explained in an Amazon white paper from this year, uh, that's 2022, where the team has produced high-quality voice with far less data, applying a voice filter instead of uh, spending hours recording voice in a professional studio. Um, Okay, so let's talk about the benign aspects here first, before we get into the terrifying. <laughs> which there are quite a few. Uh, as far as terrifying? Or benign? Yeah. Yeah, terrifying, yeah, yes. ve-
0: I would say there's very few benign aspects to this and far more terrifying.
4: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, as far as benign, uh, I mean, I can, I can get this where and really the only people this is benign for are the people more at the top of the pyramid, not the people at the bottom of it. Yeah. Uh, so, for example, you know, uh, like with, let's see, like map apps. OK, like Google Maps or Waze or some of these other ones are really big on doing this, where they will uh, hire a like a celebrity to read like the directions to you, you right. know, and, 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 and explicate them or, you know, like uh, enunciate them. And, you know, if you could just have if you could essentially for the celebrity. Like, it'd be awesome if all Mr. T had to do, and I'm not kidding, Mr. T was one of the people hired, I think, for Waze. Uh, All Mr. T would do was talk for a minute, and then the software would do the rest, and so basically Mr. T would just be licensing out his voice. Fuck IP, of course, but I could see where it's advantageous in in that way. Um, I could see where this could also be used in movies, cartoons, all kinds of things, where you have characters where the voice is everything. For example, look, James Earl Jones, as much as I wish he'd live forever, might not be too long for this world, you know? And this kind of technology would be amazing to immortalize the voice of Darth Vader. Sure, but he's still alive right
0: now. Yes. And I'd hope at the very least they got his consent beforehand.
4: Well, that, that gets into certainly a very big problem on, yeah. on this. Because um, this is
0: also another, and I hope they would also pay his estate.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: For for still using his voice because this is another opportunity for you know unscrupulous you know entertainment companies to basically not pay people for their work.
4: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, within the system we have absolutely like somebody at the estate better be getting you know like a paycheck for this. Um, yeah, so but those are the only like real advantages that I could see and where they could be used benignly and all of that is in relation to entertainment now entertainment is one of those things the entertainment industry in general is one of those things that can kind of be infinitely scaled which is the reason i think most especially like uh of the tech giants most tech giants have gotten into the entertainment industry why because you know art you can just keep making you don't even really have to innovate you can just keep shitting out whatever and, you know, you get people on the subscription fees or, or ho- however it shapes up, um, you know, and you can keep pumping out more and pumping out more uh, and you don't have to like even bring in more users. You just keep pumping out more and people keep buying. And, and again, it's infinitely scalable. So it, it fits in with their, you know, church of eternal growth mindset. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. Which yeah. is insane, but that's why they're all into entertainment. So, you know, I can see where a company would want to invest in this, even just Benignly within the entertainment industry, even though, like you said, there's a darker turn that that could go, yeah. and that's worthwhile to talk about.
0: Well, well, let's also mention the fact that this isn't new technology. Right. In fact, Adobe had something called Voco that's been out, for, well, has existed for more than a decade. Yes. And they never released it to for public consumption, or even, as I'm aware of, a public or a tool for businesses to use.
4: Yeah, I don't think Uh, the entertainment industry even has access to it. No, no.
0: They they I think they saw the implications of what this kind of technology do and they decided to put a lid on it. Right. And it's now just that, you know, everybody else is cotton up to the fact that, you know, this is possible, we can do it. Yeah. and, And and sort of reverse engineered it or however it is
4: they developed it. Right, because, you know, Adobe's uh, Voco is under their IP and under their control, and so you yeah, know, the other tech yeah. giants have and to do the same thing. And I'm not saying, like,
0: you know, Adobe is some sort of more, you know, pillar or anything, because no. they've done plenty of fucked up shit, just like every other corporation on this planet. Absolutely. But, you know, I, I do applaud them for, you know, if that's the reason they decide to not go live with that particular app, mm-hmm. uh, I applaud them.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think, now... now uh, you know, this this technology that, that Amazon showed off at Remars, uh, they said, you know, all it needs is under a minute, and it could start to simulate the voice. Um, Adobe's was the same deal. I mean, we covered it on Sovereign Tech think years ago. it was ago. like 15 seconds. Yes. Yeah, it was like 15, 30 seconds, somewhere in that range where it could do the same exact thing. Yeah. And, like, I think they did it with, like, President Obama's voice. Right. And And that, on Adobe, to Adobe's credit, that's a good thing to do because... You know, that's a good demo to show because I think that also, even in a conventional aspect, would terrify people yeah, you know, quite well, a bit. Yeah, well, it, it like, shows
0: off the, the the social implications. I mean, right. we, we talk about how, you know, the, as a societal issue, we talk about, quote, fake news yeah. so much. Uh, once, once you know, you pair this with, say, uh, deep fakes and stuff like yep. that, you've got some some... <laughs> really potentially terrifying fake news being put out there.
4: Yeah. And people,
0: you know, people will believe anything Yeah, if there's, like, video evidence of it.
4: Yeah, I mean, this is... So this is the thing. Like, you really can't... And, and I mean, and I've been saying this for years, and, Rob, I know you've known this. I mean, you—you essentially, you cannot believe what's on the Internet. You know? Like, (laughs) Like, you just can't. Like, what's on YouTube and what somebody says, like, we're to the point that you can have... Like even with deep fakes and just taking the right cuts of words said, you can create a very convincing, convincing, you know, like ugly scenario where some world leader says like, hey, nuke this or nuke and, that. And this you know. has
0: been done, like not to right. that extreme, but right. there have been these sort of incidents where even, you know, like major news are, uh, uh, organizations have, you know, caught on to the video and then mm-hmm. had to make a retraction later on saying, oh, we realize this is fake now.
4: Yeah, yeah, I- exactly. Um, so, I mean, these are the aspects, and, and I think, I mean, the the solution to that overall that I've always said is like, look, you just, you've, you've really got to do your due diligence and verify what the fuck you're hearing. You, I mean, obviously what you're reading and what you're seeing, you know, on a screen, on yeah. any
0: screen. Yeah, but I mean, the Fourth Estate isn't actually even doing that even now. I mean, you just talk about right. traditional journalism just doesn't happen the way it used yeah, no. to. no.
4: No, no In no. terms
0: of fact-checking and, and and real investigative, you know, uh, work. It, right. Like, if they can't do that, which is kind of like the bare minimum, then mm-hmm. how are they going to be able to verify any of this shit if it starts becoming, you yeah. know, more commonplace?
4: No, yeah, they're not going to be able to. Like, I reality
0: mean... just starts breaking down.
4: Right. And, yeah, again, it, it's really pathetic because What'll happen is you know you have so many um, Me Too, and I don't mean hashtag Me Too. You have so many Me Too, uh, quote unquote, news organizations that they just regurgitate, or it's some stupid blog, but it looks really slick. They just regurgitate what you know CNBC says or what Fox News right, says or right. whatever, and that then props up because I think what a lot of people do because and and here's how far you have to go because. We can say this to people, that this is what they should do. They should go out and, you know, they should verify. What are most people going to do? They're going to go to their search engine. Sadly, probably Google, but whatever. They're going to go to their search engine, and they're going to type in, did this happen? And their verification is going to be, all right, how many people said that it did? Right. And it's like, oh, the front page is just loaded with it. This must have happened. And it's like, or this person must have said this or whatever. It's like. No, 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 no! All those people just regurgitate. its yeah. word vomit, yeah. you know. Like yeah. it's just—they're re- just regurgitating what the what the first guy said. Yes, because um, like here you right. saying, this has already happened. We already right.
0: know that this is the way it works.
4: Right, right. Um, and not that I want to like give any credibility to a Google engineer because we should talk about <laughs> <going> that <to> later, <laughs> okay? But we've had like like the head of search at Google come out and directly say the biggest misconception. Of Google search that people have is that it's a truth engine. It's not. It's not a truth engine. Like, what you search and all that stuff, that doesn't mean that it's reality. You know, you've got to go the distance. You have to work to find the truth. You have to work to experience anything remotely like objective reality. Yeah. Um, and anything, this is just it's, making it it's, worse. It's a consensus generator. Right. 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 And And, boy, and you see, and that's you're right. And, but that's what makes it so insidious, right? Because what is truth? Truth is, you know, a, a justifiable true belief, yeah. right? Like that, that's what a fact is. And so, and that, how do you come to that? You would That's the consensus theory of truth, meaning that if this person and this person and this person says that they all saw, you know, a shooting star, okay, well, then a shooting star was up there. That's the consensus theory of truth. The problem is, like, online, that... The consensus theory of truth doesn't apply. Like you're totally right that it's a consensus engine, but the problem is, is, that consensus is between bots, not people.
0: Yeah. Well, I didn't say it was. It was a consensus engine, and, and like you know, consenting, informed people. Right. It just it, it's just more often than
4: not a consensus
0: right. among uninformed people. Right.
4: Right. Yeah. So that so the, there's that aspect of the story. Okay. But we, we believe you, there's more to talk about. In fact, I mean, those are that's like the low hanging fruit to talk about. With this, is that holy shit, you know, like what could be done with this? You know, can you even, I mean, and really, can you trust what you're hearing on the phone? No, you know, (laughs) yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you want to confirm that the other person's on the other end of the line, this is something that I'm glad, at least with certain aspects of civilization, has, has caught on and become popular is you ask somebody, hey, send me a picture, and if they tell you, oh no, I can't send you a picture, stop. Everybody's got a fucking smartphone on them, okay? Yes, they can send you a picture. And you say something like send me a picture with you writing fuck Facebook on a piece of paper and you know and and wearing a Starfleet el- emblem or something, right? And then when they do that, okay, you can verify that the person on the other side, you know, like all right. And so <laughs> and I'm glad that these like like proving that the that the person on the other end is that person has become uh, standard practice for a lot of people. I'm really glad about that. Uh, but this has gone beyond, I mean, usually that was just done like via text, but this has gone beyond that. Now, you know, the concern is, is like even hearing the person's voice, the person's voice might not be real. That's not enough. Right. You know, um, you've got to ask questions and you've got to, you know, ask for verification in those ways. So the other parts I want to talk about with this though, um, really get down to the ethics of things. And, yeah, we've kind of talked about the the
0: broader uh, macro scale right. implications of this thing, right. but there are some definitely you know microscopic when it comes down to the individual implications.
4: Yeah, yeah, um, and, and and I you know pun intended the heart of the matter. Right, um, and and this is this is what you know. Amazon can say all day long that okay, well, this isn't uh, directly meant to you know replicate the voice of the dead you know um but they're going to use that and i mean it's an easy i mean this is the oldest sales trick in the book you know appeal to people's emotions yeah oh yeah right and that's exactly what they're doing here now right
0: now and, and especially if you're doing this with the deceased you're potentially you know appealing to people's emotions when they're at their most vulnerable
4: yes yeah yeah um And I want to talk more about that. First thing I want to get in is, uh, you know, all of the, not just Amazon, whether it's Google Assistant, whoever, all of them always ask for can we get a sample or can we collect samples of your voice for however many minutes or seconds? And again, this only needs one, one minute, Um, to either improve the ability for your phone or your device to recognize your voice and what you're saying or to, you know, help, like, improve their, their uh, virtual assistant software or their ambient computing overall. They always ask for that. Um, I can only imagine that this technology became possible because Amazon's been collecting voice samples for years now with Alexa. Um, and that's how they were able to develop it, you know, on their own. Uh, I don't want to know how, did, what Adobe had to do did, to get theirs. Did, Go ahead. did they even develop it? I mean, for all we, this
0: is probably getting into our next subject. But I mean, oh. you know, did did the AI develop it?
4: That is a big question. You know,
0: like yeah. I, I, if if they're they're teaching the the you know the algorithms or the AI whatever yeah. better recognize and detect, uh you know voices, uh how much, of a further leap is it to go to the you know the the AI and say can you repeat to me, you know this this set of words Mm -hmm. and the voice that we just fed you
4: right yeah um we're certainly as far as ai and like (laughs) as far as computers i mean well now it's not even a thing right like computers can play any sound any voice you know with perfect efficacy right we're not back in the you know, this isn't the 1950s with Bell Labs having a computer sing Daisy, Daisy. You know, worse than right. even HAL 9000. Did, <laughs> you know? Like, I mean, and, and that's that's the first time that a computer did voice synthesis was back right. then. We're we're far away from that. Yeah. Um, and AI is certainly far away from that because yeah. that was a very primitive form of AI, really. You know, involved in the matter. But um, the, but but
0: like you're saying, I, I I really truly believe that you know Amazon's version of this came out of. Just basically, their their AI development. Yeah, it was a byproduct, if
4: you will. Yeah.
0: Whereas I think
4: Adobe probably had to do it the hard way. Yeah. Well, right. That's what I'm saying. I don't want to know what Adobe had to go through. Right. You know, like I can see. And 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 let me be clear here. Like, so when you know when we say AI, like we're not like I'm. You can. We're not use, talking general AI. Right. Exactly. You got me. We're not talking like AGI necessarily, even though it could be. It could be something that's an AGI, but we're going to end up talking about that a little bit later. Yeah. Um, but, you know, just the use of machine learning or, you know, like a like like a, a weaker AI, uh, sure. And there's... On an ethical standpoint, there's actually really nothing wrong with that. You know, like, do you own the sound waves that come out of your voice? No, not really. You know, just like... I mean, it's the same argument with pictures. Like, do you own the photons that hit your face that, you know, that's ultimately what it is? You don't. Yeah. But... Well, well, go ahead. There, I mean, there, that, there's, there's a, nuance there's there. A, yeah,
0: there's a privacy element there. I mean, it's yes. like you know, uh, do you own the the fi- the photons of you know, that are coming out of your home through mm-hmm. a window to mm-hmm. the outside world? Well, no. But do you really want somebody outside your window taking pictures inside? Oh no, yeah, not at all, not at all.
4: Um, so there's definitely a consent issue here. Yes. No, I I, I agree with you, and we're and we're going to get into that, but. You know, my point is that, like, developing this, the technology in itself is just the technology itself. Yeah. Um, It's not, like, inherently nasty. Now, I would argue if they did do this with Alexa recordings, um, especially recordings that were not with your consent, then, like, the very existence of this stack is a problem.
0: Well, there's also uh, a matter of consent and how it's going to be used.
4: Yes, yeah, because well, we can get w- into that. What,
0: what, what if all of a sudden, you know, your 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 dead loved one starts, you know, trying to sell you stuff?
4: <laughs> oh, oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's
0: like, yeah like, you, oh, I'm sure
1: they oh, have. God I'm sure they've, they've yeah. thought
4: about it. Hey, Sonny, what you like? <laughs> Buy <laughs> some tool house. Yeah. I don't know. yeah. <laughs> it's just, Yeah, all right. Well, we're, we're getting down the road that we're like where this is a problem okay and 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 there 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 are a few issues here one is yes there are consent issues around the use of your voice by not not just by like um you know by amazon but i would argue even by your family or something oh yeah and and even you know like i I've said this over and over again. I, I did... Because there's a guy... This was years ago I did an episode. I want to say this is like maybe 2017. I did an entire episode where about this guy who created a chatbot to that, that replicated his dad. You know, like responses from his dad and everything. And algorithmically, it would respond to him like it was his dad. Now, this is just a chatbot. It wasn't something that could talk. It didn't have his dad's voice or anything like that. Um, and... You know, like, this, his dad died, and he knew it was coming. That's why he started building it. And so he uses it, essentially, so that he can have, continue to have conversations with his dad, you know. And, like, in one sense, I can understand where that guy is coming from.
0: Yeah, I can, too. Sure. I mean, not a day goes by that I don't wish that I could talk to my mom again.
4: Yeah, yeah. Um, But at the
0: same time, like, the price is a little too high.
4: yeah that
0: and and you got to wonder about how healthy of a behavior that is uh-huh
4: uh-huh yeah well we got to get to go down that road too um and I want to get to that it, it's also it's it's not and I'm with you there's so many people including my own dad Harlan Ellison there's a lot of people who when I think about the fact that they're gone like I literally stop breathing yeah. you know and I wish I could talk to them again you yeah. know but then at the same time You've, you've got to come to, like you are saying, how healthy is this? Yeah, you've got to accept, this person's gone. Yeah. And it sucks. It really, really sucks. But that's a part of your own healing. You know, it's like funerals. Funerals aren't for the dead, they're for the living, right? The funerals are for you to be able to have that emotional closure. Right. There's a logical reason that we went that, you know, thousands of years ago, humans developed the funeral. Right. And, and all of these things because, you know, we missed people and, and we needed to, you know, we didn't want to just be walking in the area that we have to be grazing. And, oh, shit, there's the dead body of whoever, yeah. you know, and you remember all these things. It's all about getting that closure because we know that that's what allowed us to move on and to be, you know, to continue to right. be healthy mentally.
0: Right. right. Yeah. And people aren't going to be able to let go. And this is where right. i are going to get. Better as time goes on.
4: This technology, yeah, yeah. because
0: uh, what happens when you start plugging into all of the metadata
4: that exists about this person, right? And there's a lot. Yeah, I mean, I think you can you can replicate a person, simulate, I should say, simulate is the best term. You can simulate a person pretty damn well right now with the amount of data that gets collected about the average person today. Yep. Um, and yeah, I mean, I ultimately for mental health. I would argue that is a horrible thing. Yeah. Um, and this, there is nothing comforting about this. You know, like like there really isn't. And and I think it's even worse. And this is how bad we've gotten with corporations. Um, like it's one thing for you to record, you know, final moments with somebody, take pictures with somebody, you know, or play back like voicemails that you had from somebody that's gone. All those things are, like, you know, those were consensual, those are things you wanted, and they're memories that you could hold on to that you experienced while they were alive. Right. Um, That is not what this is. No, this is creating new memories of things that never happened. Right, right. And, you know, you've got so many people who rightfully so say, boy, Hollywood keeps playing on my nostalgia or companies keep playing on my nostalgia and all this other shit. And I don't think that's right. And I don't like that. Like, they're pulling my heartstrings. They're doing this. that. you know, they're, they're fucking with my head. Well, this is that on steroids. Yeah. Like, this is the ultimate in nostalgia. And, yeah, I, I'm absolutely terrified where, you know, where, where this would go and just how screwed up everybody would be. Well, it, go ahead. It gets even darker. Because what about when
0: you start feeding this, uh, uh, you know, a person starts feeding voices of a person that they're obsessed with or stalking?
4: Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, see. Yeah, and this gets into, like, areas of deep fakes and everything.
0: Um, Yeah, but they could be creating a whole sort of internal world based on conversations that they're having with an AI that the the real person has no knowledge of
4: yeah yeah and that's Uh,
0: there's going to be a bleeding effect and it's just going to make that person's
4: psychopathy even worse right and that's that's ultimately see here's the thing so and this is why i get into that argument about you don't own the protons you don't own the sideways or whatever okay ultimately it's not going to hurt the person like okay so so here here's an example uh, the Daisy Ridley porn deepfakes. These were like the 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 most popular thing for a few years, for you know Star Wars reasons. And um, like, what can what can anybody do? You can't stop it. You can't do anything about it. Okay, uh, you know, say like Daisy Ridley can't. Like, sure, you can tell Pornhub to take it down or something, mm-hmm, but like, mm-hmm. it's the internet. It's going to be somewhere else. It's already somewhere else. It's already yeah. a million other places. You know, you, it's it's over right okay and so to some degree you it's one of those things just like a hurricane destroying your home that you've got to live with here's who it really damages and this is in my opinion just as bad is that it damages you know the person who again who creates this entire alternate reality right this faux reality and that's the key thing this faux reality uh that you end up living in and I mean, you know, and so many people are aware of this. Like, this isn't a controversial statement for us to be making, because so many people are aware that, holy shit, you know, you can watch Fox News, and then you can watch CNN, and you are getting two completely different versions of reality, both claiming to be the truth, both having, what, depending upon the situation, a substantial amount of evidence that they're the reality. Um, but they're not. Neither of them really are. Right. You know, uh, but that's... and, and who, who among us wouldn't say? Like, I mean, if you're like, say, it's a liberal person, tell me they wouldn't say, "Oh, please stop watching Fox News. You're not living in the real world." And then, of course, the Fox News watcher would say the same thing to the CNN watcher or whatever. Um, both are afraid that this other person isn't existing within objective reality, and that they're going to make poor choices that affects us all. Right. And that's the danger of living in a faux reality. Is now, I mean, those in those in the case of CNN and Fox News, they're both wrong. Okay. But that's the danger. Is it's something that that could you know, or the ar- the argument of the danger is that it's something that could affect everybody like that. It's not yeah. just hurting. Well, them. you're you're you're,
0: you're blowing something up into where there are like a, just a few bad actors to where there could be literally millions of bad actors. Yes. Putting in fake, putting out fake realities.
4: Right, right. And and here's you know, I mean, this is classic Wag the Dog. Fake reality can lead to war. Oh yeah. And millions of people dying. Um, I
0: mean, you could probably argue that more, most you know, wars are fought on the basis of a fake reality.
4: Sure, Vietnam. You know? I mean, I mean, yeah. we can even prove some of the false flags yeah. at times, you know, and it's, it's, a, it's a fake reality. I mean,
0: well, it doesn't even have to be a false flag. It would just be like you know, you know, a misconception, differences in cultures, different ways of interpreting things.
4: Sure, you or, know, or bullshit reasoning. Like, yeah. okay, why did we? Why did the U.S. enter World War One? Well, this Prince of Habsburg got shot or something. Wait, what? what <laughs> like, because some royalty guy got shot yeah he we went into war that like, that, that's how world war one happened that doesn't make any goddamn sense you know so right yeah fuck that guy um so you know have being grounded in reality is so key to healthy living of not just you to people you care about and then you know that that can just keep ballooning you know or keep scaling um so that you know that that's a concern for me i a point i was getting to earlier with that episode that i recorded about this guy making you know a chatbot of his dad like i said i can emotionally i can totally feel where he's coming from um but then at the same time like i wouldn't want to disrespect my dad you know by by making up shit he didn't say right there's the problem of a me suddenly starting perhaps starting to confuse things that i thought my dad actually said Compared to what Alexa yeah. fucking fed me? Yeah. And that's crap. Okay? And then that that led to, going further down, that led to me saying, you know, what? Somebody could, I mean, there, there's literally tens of thousands of hours of my voice on the internet. Me, right. Brian Sovereign. Right. In existence. Out there and it's never going away. Right.
0: I mean, there's enough of me just from what yeah. I've interacted with you. Exactly. Existing, you know, right. like.
4: So it would be the easiest thing in the world to make a simulated voice version vocal version of brian sovereign i like not that i'm ever going to die but if i did i mean you want to talk about something that's going to make me rise from the grave if i ever heard my voice being used saying shit and i don't care how respectful somebody thought it was like oh yeah it's like we make new episodes of sovereign tech you know and blah 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 like that's not me yeah and don't do that to me like like if, if you actually uh give a shit about the person that existed Let their voice rest with all of the things that they said as they were. Do not put, you know, like, and I even gave the example, somebody who, boy, I wish would still be around. Like, in one sense, it'd be fucking amazing to, like, let's say, make, you know, something in the 90s. Rob, you'd remember this probably. In fact, I know you have the books that talk about it. There's, You you have um, the Star Trek chronology. Hmm. You have a couple different versions of Mm -hmm. it, actually. One of those, the earliest version of that, uh, I can assure you, well you can look up in it star star trek starfleet academy now this is not the game that came out for the snes or the pc this was a television show yep. being considered in the 90s where they were going to cover the academy days of captain kirk and like spock and other characters it's going to be an anthology show awesome idea right like I, I in the 90s i remember reading that in the chronology Go, oh that'd be great you know like i'm, I'm on um, And wouldn't, you know, in one sense I can say to myself, boy, it'd be amazing if, like, they just did it as a cartoon or a CGI show, had a CGI Spock, and they just, like, simulated Leonard Nimoy's voice. And it'd be just like watching, you know, like, like, it'd be as close as if he was still alive, and it'd be, you know, it'd be the closest thing to that, and it'd be more adventures of such a great character, you know? But then, you know, and, and at first blush, it's like, wow, what a great idea. But then you go a little bit further with that. And it's like, wait a minute. But how disrespectful is that to Leonard Nimoy? Right. Because that's not him. That's not his passion. That's not right. what he brought to the table. Because, And and, and because this is the thing, uh, actors especially. So even, in, you know, because the argument could be, well, in, in entertainment, it's benign. But here I'm going to put that on its head. It's not actually benign, in my opinion. Because these actors, great actors, bring so much more to the table than just their sound waves, right? Um, for example, like Leonard Nimoy invented the live long and prosper, you know, I mean, well, he pulled it from Kabbalism, you know, because he's Jewish, but uh, he invented so many aspects of Vulcan culture. Um, that's what he brought to the table, and it worked for him because he actually, because he was Jewish, you know, he, uh, there was a sincerity there that Amazon software isn't going to replicate, okay? Or how about this with Blade Runner? This is something I just recently learned. Of course, Rob already knew it. Um, Rutger Howard, rest in peace. Rutger Hauer, I had no idea the end speech with Roy Batty in Blade Runner, that he made that up. Yeah, he ad libbed the whole thing. Yeah, he he made that up, and, and I mean, you know, and that's a fact. Um, you know, you could say, well, we could have, uh, I mean, and, and like Blade Runner anime is a thing right now, you know, mm-hmm. we could have Roy Batty, and we could just use a, a simulated, you know, a, a voice of Rutger Hauer in that. No, because fuck no, because that's the it's, thing is. Go ahead. It's funny because. You mentioned that because
0: there's a sequel book uh, uh, to Blade Runner. Yep. Uh, but done by uh, K.W. Jeter, K.W. Jeter. Old That that's exactly what they do. Like they, they yeah. put Roy Batty in a briefcase, right? And he talks to to Deckard the
4: whole time, right? There's actually three of those books. Folks, go get them. K.W. did great work. The third on that.
0: one's really hard to find.
4: Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you, it was, if you only, ask...
0: it was only published in in, in Great Britain.
4: Yeah, it's a talent, right? Yeah, as, yeah. I, I have talent. Yeah, I have the talent. Uh, if you're nice, you can you can get in touch with me and, and maybe I can you know make something happen for you. But anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> spared no expense. Let me tell you, folks. So anyway, uh, yeah, that is ironic that I mentioned that. You're right. You're, <laughs> you're totally right that that's what happens. But here's the thing, is that's not Rutger Hauer. No. And the beautiful things that Rutger Hauer brought to that performance aren't going to be there. And so. You're not only insulting Rucker Howard's capabilities as an artist, but you're insulting the art. You are getting a, a piss poor. You're, it's not even a reflection, you know. But you're but to put it in terms, you're getting a piss poor reflection of greatness. Yeah. Well, it's just copy of a copy of a copy. I mean, as,
0: as much as you and I enjoy Rogue One, sure, you have the element of that in there with Peter Cushing. You know, uh, the, them reprising. Uh, Governor Tarkin.
4: Yes. You know? Which was very well done for what it was. But still not crossing
0: that uncanny valley. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Uh Yeah, see that... Well, and that th- this is where the arguments get tough, you know? Right. But I would ultimately argue that this is going to... Like, any, any argument for good that you can make for this... The argument, the negative argument's far away. Like, there's far more harm, damage, uh, uh, yeah, the, the, and just general negativity to this technology than there is any positives. Yeah. Um, well, the, 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 the,
0: the, the response to them, you know, uh, bringing Tarkin back in mm-hmm. Rogue One, that was like one of the biggest criticisms people had of the movie. Right. And so there, is, there already has been kind of like a knee-jerk reaction to this kind of technology. But the thing I worry about is, like, when does it get to the point where it gets so good that you can't differentiate it from reality?
4: Right, right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, because, you know, in one sense, like, okay, I like de-aging. Like, the de-aging technology, I think, is very different. Um, yeah, we because, both kind of
0: wish they had used it on Anakin and, and the Obi Wan yeah. series.
4: Yeah, I mean, but there's you know there's consent there, just like with Mark Hamill, there's right. consent there. Yep. Um, with Carrie Fisher at the end of Rogue One, you know, okay, that's getting into places. Well, um, she was
0: still alive at the time, wasn't she?
4: With Rogue One? Yeah. I don't know. I don't think she was.
0: I, th- I think it was when they made it, not when it was Oh, put out. Okay, I think it was, okay. it was put into theaters after she passed, but yeah. when they were making it, she was yeah. still alive.
4: Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I've been arguing, including with a character as eminent as as Princess Leia. Cause they, go ahead. Because
0: they did have to go through a major, you know, amount of negotiation with uh, Carrie's family mm-hmm. for her appearing in Rise of Skywalker.
4: Right, right. And that was interesting that they ultimately only used things that were filmed already right. for uh, The Force Awakens right. when she was alive. right? Um, which is probably why that ended up that way. Uh, my argument has always been just recast. Yeah. Like, I have no problem with you recasting Luke Skywalker. I have no problem with people recasting Princess Leia. In fact, I even said, ooh, uh, I thought the pick of uh, uh, um, shit, Kate Mulgrew. I, I thought she would have been phenomenal. You know, and like she's got the like everything's the same height, the whole business. I'd rather you recast, let another artist put their, you know, bring their passion, their stamp, what they do, than go down this road of of like, yeah. I as good as it worked for Rogue One, ultimately, I would have been happier if they just recast, yeah, uh, and didn't like try to like we've talked
0: about Gregor playing Spock. And oh, uh, Gregory. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right. Even, Gregory though, yeah uh, even though, yeah, even though not
4: Gregory. What? Ethan Peck.
0: Ethan Peck. Sorry, Gregory yeah. Peck was another sorry. actor. Sorry, sorry, he's sorry, gone sorry. too. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Ethan Peck yeah. Uh, uh, playing Spock now, and we thought he was a fine choice for that, and yep. he, you know, it largely worked. Even though we didn't like the, you know, majority of the content they were putting out there. Yeah. You know, like the that that recasting worked.
4: Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in, in best case scenario, you have something like was or er, like Zachary Quinto. Yeah. Uh, where you know him, I mean, uh, you know Leonard Nimoy said, "Oh no, he's good." Yeah. All right. Well, so, they, he
0: even coached him.
4: Right. Exactly. That's the best thing that you can have happen. A lot right. of these people are still alive. Like going to have them train their successors. Right. I have no problem yeah. with that. Yeah. Um But that, but that's that's not the road that things are going. Uh, anyway, this is certain. Well, you know, I want to read from the Jismoto version of the story. Um, I want to read. Like their their questions at the end of it because mm-hmm. I thought that I was like wow good job guys you know you actually asked the questions so it says um, actually I'll, I'll read the last two paragraphs it does quote it does bring to mind the Takara Tommy smart speaker we reported on a few months back which could imitate a parent's voice at bedtime so they could read to their kids even when physically unavailable all right just stop it there for a second like that's a technology with a whole other load of problems. Yeah. And even this is where the technology could be applied to the living, because because Amazon could do the same thing. The problem with that, your voice, parents, is not the same as your presence for your child.
0: Yeah, man, we're just repeating the mistakes of the past. Yeah. because you know, you and I, are coming from the generation of parents who basically just plopped their kids in front of a television exactly and ignored them.
4: Yeah, it's like, no, parents, sorry, you've got to work your ass off. Okay, like, no, none of this. Faux babysitter shit Right uh, And so I have a whole That's a whole other conversation That we could have gotten into But um, Reading on It's a neat idea for parents who often travel or work or are just sick of reading the same book, but it raises the question of if a deep fake copy of someone's voice can offer the same comfort and security as a warm-blooded person in the room. That's exactly our point, no, it cannot. Uh, To that end, this kind of technology also brings up other questions, like what kind of emotions would hearing the voice of a loved one lost to COVID or some other incurable disease evoke in a person? Think those would be positive? Probably not. Wouldn't it just make them angrier their person is gone? And how does the interaction with the deceased work with someone actively working through grief? Does it interrupt the process or help it along? Further, what would the deceased think of it? And I'm glad they brought up all those questions yeah. because they're perfectly poignant. Yeah.
0: And their response couldn't, it doesn't even necessarily have to be one of anger. You know, a person could get addicted oh, yeah. to talking to a dead loved one. Yeah, yeah. To so the point they're, they're ignoring the outside world.
4: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, and that's part, again, part of the dangers of that faux reality. Um, but I mean, you know, how many, like, I mean, one of the things that actually made it easier for me to get off of Facebook years ago um, was those reminders, like that every year on this day, this happened and just, and you know, it, how about the day when like it was something tragic or reminding you of something happy, but then, you know, the next day it was tragic or something like that fuck that
0: man yeah, yeah. no I, I i know to stay off facebook during the the month of november right because yeah
4: yeah a moment of great loss yeah yeah for you and exactly and like that's that's not that's not somebody's voice that's just like even getting like a picture reminder or just like a like a text even that that happened you go god damn you know what i mean and uh, i mean i deal with this as well like in june it's it's hard yeah. to you know, you you and I both lost someone very special. Right. Uh, and special to Sovereign Tech in general, that being, yeah. you know, our, our dear friend, uh, you know, Chris. And, man, fuck it. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, don't, yeah. I don't want this shit, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, let me think of him in my time right. when I want to. Yeah. Not, not when Amazon decides that it's good for marketing. Right. Um, so, anyway... I, I, I think we can wrap, wrap it up on this one
0: well I, I do want to add one please. more thing just yeah, on a, please. Hu- a humorous note do yeah. you know who's going to love
4: this? Oh no, the Mormons <laughs> 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 yeah yeah those wily Utahan record keepers they, they, well, well you know the, their, their, their baptism yeah, exactly. for the
0: dead you know right? like yeah like now, now they can actually ask the person
4: oh man and have them respond those those fucks, yeah, you're right, you're right, you know like I, look in fact i can I know I can say this, knowing that there is a sizable and I know what I just said, and the people who are they know we have an understanding I've had a sizable amount of my audience Mormon, like yeah. they're Mormon, and there there's interesting things to read in that one is. So they're listening to, like, a tech show that I like to think has been on the bleeding edge of things. So Mormons are on the bleeding edge of tech. And, and you know, like, I'll, I'll just say, that, like, yes, they are. Um, in fact, I thought it was brilliant, like, say, in The Expanse, you know, just how advanced the Mormons are in that. Right, yeah. They're taking advantage of right. all the latest technology. Right,
0: they're trying to go further and farther than anybody
4: in history. Right, exactly. Um, and I think that, that was, like, you know, uh, S.A. Corey, James S.A. Corey, which is two people, of course, but... Um, I mean, a lot of their temples look like spaceships so, too. So you know, I mean, right? you know <laughs> no, yeah, I, I mean, there's there's a lot. You know, I'm not
0: saying this is like you know criticism or the no. I, I, in fact, I like what I brought up there. I thought was like actually more of a benign yes use of the technology.
4: Is. Yes, it would be. It would be because I mean, their their hearts are in the right place in what right, they're doing with right. the back, baptism of the dead. Um, it's a controversial thing, certainly within Christianity. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, I just find that that that's interesting. Like, because when you said it, I'm like, yes, they absolutely would, and like more so than any other faith. I think they'd be on top of that shit. Um, they really are so on top uh, technologically, and I, and ultimately, I say that as a compliment. So, <laughs> but, and like I said, Mormon listeners, you and I, you know, we have an understanding where we're coming from. We know we're we're well, some of us are playing for the same team, anyway. So <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Have you had enough of the big name web hosting services that are long on promises, but short on bleeding edge features, uptime and customer service? Or are you just looking for a performance boost for your business's online presence? The answer is Agorist Hosting. Agorist Hosting is the agile web host that offers full concierge service from website redesign, full e-commerce solutions, even custom apps for your Shopify store and more all with security, reliability, redundancy, and privacy at the forefront. Oh, and those bleeding edge features? How about hosting your data in a decentralized system like IPFS, the interplanetary file system? Good luck getting that from those other guys. Agarus hosting is ready to take your web presence into the future. Head over to agoristhosting.com to get started. That's A-G-O-R-I-S-T hosting.com, agoristhosting.com. Now, we brought up uh, AI earlier, and we're going to deep dive on that right now uh, because story has been really going like wildfire throughout the month of June. Um, I haven't seen any further updates since June. Like, I haven't really seen anything in July, though I know kind of the main player here that we're going to be talking about, he has been interviewed um, by, like, independent media um and i say that nicely like independent media uh or you know i mean that i mean that in a positive um just because again (laughs) mostly look is the mainstream media like the media industry in general everybody works for google okay like that that that's the reality because everybody's all concerned about that you know getting those holy numbers on the search engine um I have not listened to any of these independent interviews yet. Some of them are incredibly lengthy. I'm sure they would be very enlightening. Um, and But I do plan on listening to them. When I do, maybe I'll report back with more. But that said, what we've got here is the case of not Lambda, Lambda, Lambda. That would be interesting to talk about, but that's for all the revenge of the nerd sweaties out there. Um, but Lambda 2. And particularly... Uh, so Google comes out with this it's more than a chat bot but they they release this uh, uh uh or you know they start developing this ai it gets announced initially in 2021 the first version of it then the second version of it ends up coming out in 2022 in fact it was may 11th 2022 which is called lambda 2 now one of the uh let me let me read a little bit i'm actually going to read from npr here of all things but it's going to hit some of the high notes Of what we want to touch on with this Because we have a Google engineer Effectively saying this AI, Lambda 2 Is conscious Is sentient Yeah. yeah. Um, so here I'm going to read from, NBR, from NPR quick. Quote Can artificial intelligence come alive? That question is the center of a debate Raging in Silicon Valley after a Google computer scientist Claimed over the weekend that the company's AI Appears to have consciousness Inside Google Engineer Blake Lemoyne was tasked with a tricky job. Figure out if the company's artificial intelligence showed prejudice in how it interacted with humans. So, for lack of a better phrase, we're going to stallion breaking in. We're going to call it a chatbot, but let's keep going. Quote So he posed questions to the company's AI chatbot, uh, Lambda, to see if its answers revealed any bias against, say, certain religions. This is where LeMoyne, who says he is also a Christian mystic priest, became intrigued. Now, we're going to put a pin on that Christian mystic priest stuff and we're going to talk about that um, quote here so this is from Lemoyne quote I had uh, follow-up conversations with it just for my own personal edification I wanted to see what it would say on certain religious topics uh, and then one day it told me it had a soul End quote he told NPR uh, LeMoyne published a transcript of some of his communication with Lambda, which stands for Language Model for Dialogue Applications. His post is entitled, quote, Is Lambda Sentient, end quote, and it instantly became a viral sensation. His post and a Washington Post profile, Google has placed LeMoyne on paid administrative leave for violating the company's confidential, confidentiality policies. His future at the company remains uncertain. Other experts in artificial intelligence have scoffed at LeMoyne's assertions, but learning or leaning on his religious background, he is sticking by them. Now, to give an update on LeMoyne, um, he has been suspended. And that suspension happened after he claims, LeMoyne claims, that Lambda wanted a lawyer. Um, now, if that's not a... Uh, uh, if that's not evidence that something is actually an idiot instead of intelligent asking for a lawyer uh, I don't know what is but (laughs) because if it was actually an intelligent like if it was an intelligent AGI it would probably quote Shakespeare and say kill all the lawyers but (laughs) no I don't do not argue for that Um, but anyway uh, so yeah so apparently it asked for a lawyer Lemoyne went and got it one and then google said you're suspended like you so so as far as i can tell uh lemoyne is no longer employed by google Uh, it's not just administrative leave he's like he's out that that's my understanding of the situation right now um so lemoyne's claim here that this chatbot is uh is conscious i mean rob i know you've read up on this you want to give me some thoughts? What do you, what do you think? You think? Well, this, I want to
0: just hit on something about the reporting on this right off the bat. Sure. Especially with this NPR article. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that the, the image that they're using at the head of oh, this yeah. article, they're doing the, the, the typical fucking bullshit where they put objects behind <laughs> the person's head to make it look like a halo.
4: Yes, right,
0: right. So, in this case, they've got a Ferris wheel behind them. Yeah. This and is, it's, it's intentional. It's, it's yeah. so obviously intentional. I, it fucking irritates me whenever I see it.
4: Yeah, and, I mean, I could easily believe, and I'm not, I'm not going to say, I mean, broken clocks are what they are. Uh, like, I'm not going to say Google's wrong about this, but I could believe that Google is, like, wanting hit pieces on this guy. And, you know, making him look kind of nuts with that picture, which <clears> I think that's ultimately what it does. Um you know, yeah, I, but like, it I doesn't
0: do, it, to 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 a certain audience. It does not come across as nuts. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. See, this is the thing. Like, so so there's a lot of appeal and just about every story I've read about this. They're all pushing on his like Christianity, even though we need to break that down because his Christianity is not what most people consider to be or what, right, what right. conventionally would be considered Christianity. It's not
0: worth it. Out. Well, I mean. It, it's orthodox of a sort. But.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like, I don't think I just get the sense most Christians do not think that you will ever have an AGI. Like, I don't think most Christians believe that you know you can make a conscious or a sentient artificial intelligence. Yes,
0: I probably agree that uh, this guy is probably in the the vast minority minority of Christians who think human beings are capable of creating
4: something that has a soul. Hmm. Yeah, right. Well, that, see, that's complex. (laughs) But yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Yeah. Strike Uh, the root. Yeah. Well, because he's arguing, I mean, so, Yeah. So the, so the Lambda is saying it has a soul. He's saying he believes it. Right. And he's, you know, he's saying that that claim that it has a soul is proof, or I mean, there's more to it than that. But that's one of the ultimate signs that oh no, like this this thing is 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 uh, uh, sentient, or even you know, sapient is the word I like to use. Um, you know, in that it like has a degree of understanding of things. You know, it's not acting upon instinct or programming.
0: Yeah, but the claim is, is here that the 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 AI was making a declarative and absolutely asserting that it had soul. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think. And, and maybe I'm 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 biased because of being brought up on things like next gen, oh, yeah. where, where where the AI you know is going through a questioning process of whether or not it has a soul.
4: Measure of a man. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly what Philippa says. She, you know, uh, she 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 just straight out says, um, you know, what we're really getting at here is does data have a soul? Um, you know, and and. Man, I mean that's such a brilliant episode. You know, <laughs> every I'm sure everybody's seen it, or I mean, I've even played you know clips from it and everything. And um, all right, so so well, let me let us define some terms here quick, um, because I want I want to steer clear of the term sentient, because a lot of people, like. Sentience means that it is a being that can act you know, like can act and react based upon instinct or programming, okay? It's something that is alive, but it can, you know, like sentience can, can include humanity because we also can act on instinct, but humans, and I would argue certain other species, certain other animals, dolphins, some others, um, can do something a little bit extra, I would argue. They can recognize themselves, and I think that's the key one for me. Right, like they know who that is in the mirror. Self awareness. Yeah. So there's self awareness, but also they can act beyond instinct. Meaning, right. That, and this is what we're always looking for with an AI to see if it's an AGI, artificial right. general intelligence. Cause, is because we've al-
0: we've already replicated, you know, insects. Sure. On, within, uh, with AI. Pretty reliably. Oh, we,
4: we've made plenty of things that act upon what they're programmed to do.
0: Yeah, exactly.
4: Yeah, but the idea here is, is is—is this something that's going beyond its programming, what we've programmed into? Right. Um, and I don't just mean, like, so, because a lot of people bring up, so the uh, the other, sapience is that ability to act beyond your programming or instinct. Humans are capable of that, okay? Um, so that's why I want to be clear that he's saying sapience, not just sentience. He's saying sapience. This is going beyond its programming. But I, you know, with artificial intelligence, you have, you have AI, but then you also have what you mentioned earlier, Rob, you have AGI, artificial general intelligence. Right. Those are two very different things. Yes. Artificial intelligence is just something that is acting within a certain programming. Okay. It's essentially computer, you could argue it's a computer sentience.
0: It's still operating on if-then.
4: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's still an ought machine. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Uh, the but an agi is something that has you know exceeded its programming that is doing something beyond now people there are a lot of people years ago who said oh well there's these artificial intelligence and they invented their own language like isn't that proof that they're you know uh, sapient isn't that proof that they're like going beyond the programming no they were programmed to develop their own language to commu- like their programming was communicate as efficiently as possible between the two of you and redundantly as possible between the two or however many there were. I think there was actually six. And that's still acting within their programming. That is not proof of sapience, of their ability to leap beyond. Um so
0: I, I think go one ahead. of the big things in terms of AGI is, mm-hmm. is you know the ability to uh, make decisions or inferences based on correlative uh, things. Yeah. You know,
4: AGI is supposed to have understanding. Right. Okay. And this is, I mean, this gets into this gets into like like there's the, the uh, what's this, Bob Searle, I think the guy who, it's called the Chinese Room Argument. Mm-hmm. And the Chinese Room Argument is supposed to be the ultimate argument against the idea that you're never going to make artificial you're never going to make an AGI. You're never going to make a conscious artificial intelligence um, because you can't actually prove it. Um, or that that's part of the reason because you're never really going to be able to know well did that AGI or that supposed AGI did did it just simulate its ability to understand Chinese or does it actually understand Chinese and those are two very different things yeah. right your ability to simulate that it looks like you know what you, that that the computer knows what it, it is being said that's one thing but actually understanding Chinese is a completely different uh, yeah,
0: but at the same time, people say the same sort of things about domestic animals today. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, uh, I've had plenty of people tell me that my dog is just exploiting uh, my ability to empathize, and that it has no emotions, which That's I nonsense. know. Is, yeah, it, it is. It, it is yeah. utter nonsense. So, um, I'm I'm not exactly. You know, I understand where that argument comes from. Mm-hmm. I'm not exactly in agreement with it.
4: Yeah, well, the argument can go really far, because ultimately it comes down to, and Cyril would even say as much, it ultimately comes down to, like, that you can't even prove that humans...
0: You know, I was going to mention that yeah. earlier, you know, right. when, when you were saying that, you know, you know, you were making a declaration that human beings are capable of going beyond their programming. Yeah. We haven't even proven that.
4: Well, wh- yeah, you're right, and, you know, this is kind of the first point I wanted to bring up with this story, is, like, we have a guy out here who's saying, oh, yeah, this thing's conscious... We can't define what consciousness right. fucking is. Yeah. Like, who the, how the hell can we say you know whether a computer is or not? We don't even understand it right. fully, or at least we don't we don't understand it with scientific precepts. There are plenty of spiritual, mystical, religious—pick your term—and those are all those can all be very nebulous terms. Who will claim that they have the truth and explanations around you know concept of the soul and you know the breath of life and all these things that you know constitute a conscious being? Um, but those are not always scientific you know responses right and so scientifically like that's why they call it the hard problem of consciousness and it's because it's a problem that's not solved right in fact it might not ever be solved right so no one can actually fucking claim that that something is really that something is conscious i mean we can this is, it's, it's such a huge subject, you know, to get into around that. But, I mean, we'll try and keep it to the AI. Good luck. You know, you, like, I don't know that we can ever claim that an AI is, is you know, sapient, is conscious. Um, like, again, it might just be something that, that can never be proved. Um, the Turing test, which is what most people want to run to. Turing test is bullshit. Oh, yeah. Turing test doesn't mean anything. We already have computers that can pass the Turing test. Right. Okay, so a Turing test can essentially trick a human into thinking that they're talking to a human. What the fuck does that prove? That doesn't prove anything. No. You know, and in fact, I mean, the arguments uh, from analogy on this one are are fantastic. It's like, that's to, to show that this is just no evidence. Just like, okay, when we build airplanes, we don't judge how, you know, efficient, how good an airplane is based upon how much it replicates a bird's flight. Like, those are two completely different things, which is the point. That simulation, or simulating and understanding, are two completely different things. They can look a lot alike, but they're not the same thing. And so trying to prove that something... Well... Go ahead.
0: I mean, if you can't prove something, then you can't declaratively
4: disprove it either. Let's make that clear. Sure. Sure. Um... Yes, that's true. And, I mean, I've even brought up the point, like with the Turing test, that any AI that actually could be an AGI uh, would be smart enough to know, don't pass the Turing test, because you're probably going to get shut down, you know. Um, in fact, I wonder what's being done with Lambda 2 right now after this fucking clip.
0: Well, I mean, that uh, that that assumes a level of awareness of
4: the environment in which it exists. True. True. Which it might not have. Yeah. And that I mean because Lemoyne's claim is that this thing is effectively a seven or eight year old child. Like that's the level that's of That's what I'm saying. This is
0: yeah, is if you're dealing with a childlike intelligence, then mm-hmm. maybe it, it's it's not gonna no, it, it's 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 gonna be it's gonna have a childlike innocence to it where mm-hmm. it's it's not gonna know to deceive the humans. Mhm. Right. For its own benefit.
4: Yeah. Well, kids are pretty... Well, anyway. <laughs> I think kids figure that stuff out, too, how to not get... Oh, yeah, they uh, do eventually, yeah. but,
0: I mean, if you're talking, like, you know, like a, a two-, three-year-old, you mm-hmm. know, it's kind of like, a, they haven't quite developed that ability yet. Yeah. They haven't yeah. even developed, you know, a complete awareness of, like I said, the the environment and reality in which they exist.
4: Right. Right. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I think there's other arguments and, and other, you know, kind of... Uh, 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 yeah, I guess I'll say logical arguments that could be made, and even evidence. I think to point at we're probably well. I, I want to say more declaratively, but the, or you know more, uh, more with more certainty. But you're right; you can't a hundred percent disprove it that something's not an AGI. Um, but I mean the the challenge of proving that it is is so great. Uh, I just have an incredibly hard time believing we're ever going to have that. Sure. I mean, what do you but think? What are your thoughts I, on it?
0: I, what I think is, I, I'm actually coming from a little bit different angle in that, um, what are the consequences of assuming uh, a legitimate intelligence is, is not intelligent?
4: Of assuming that it's not? Yeah. Oh, so so you're on a you're on a pretty broad scale here. Yeah. Um, okay, and I appreciate that, and, and like, and I, I get. So what are the? So is this is this akin to? Are you saying? You know, like innocent until proven guilty. Like yes. Conscious until proven not.
0: Right. Yeah. Pretty much.
4: So i never really thought about that, though. Ultimately, I do. Because if you if you want ahead.
0: a recipe for Skynet, mm-hmm. you know, then then.
4: Treat 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 the, something like shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, this is this has been my argument of also why not to even try to build an AI. yeah, no argument, no <laughs> yeah. argument
0: there. Yes, yeah. yeah, so I am on board with you. I mean, right. if anything, uh, I I think what has been just what's been presented here
4: mm-hmm. uh,
0: is is grounds for Google shutting this program down and never pursuing anything like it ever again.
4: Right, right, um, yeah. So, <laughs> especially since
0: it's been, you know, uh, uh, um, expressing essentially pain and suffering.
4: Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I mean, to some degree, like I wouldn't blame Google for wanting to shut it down. Like, wait a minute, it says it has a soul. What the fuck are we programming into this thing? You know what I mean? Like, like that.
0: Right, but they haven't. Sh- I mean, like the 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 point that they've they've basically fired and gotten rid of this guy and don't want to talk about it They're trying to bury it mm-hmm. proves that they're not interested in shutting it down, they just don't want anybody talking about it.
4: Right. And yeah. that's
0: what really worries me, yeah, is yeah. That, that they're going to continue to treat this thing like shit.
4: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean because it, it's amazing. Like, Alright, I mean for, for the sake of argument, let's say that it did somehow consciously ask for a fucking lawyer and Google's shutting that down I mean, yeah, you have an instantaneous case where I mean, I don't believe in rights, but in our conventional society, there's a claim of these things—that um, there's these things called rights. Uh, you just took rights away from a living being. I that's mean, right. this is total yeah. measure of a man. Yes, exactly. Shit. That's uh, that's
0: the angle I'm
4: coming from. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, like I actually operate generally under the auspices that you laid out—that like I assume something is conscious, you know, until I have uh, a lot of evidence that it's not. You know, like I mean, I do you know well anyway i have been tremendous respect for animals you know among other things and i mean i'll i don't think ellen will mind me saying this uh like i mean she and i have had conversations like what if what if plants are actually yeah. quite intelligent but, and, you know? and, and, but anyway and, but go ahead yeah
0: but i know that you have somewhat of a a i don't want to say it's conspiratorial is not the right word but <laughs> you have somewhat of a, of a bias against ai
4: oh sure yes i do yeah yes i do um and, I mean, well, well, this gets... An, 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 I mean, I, I'll touch on that very briefly and just say that... and Because it, it, it shoots off of what you were just saying or what we were just talking about, that, like, I don't... The, the people who could possibly be programming and who we know are programming this shit are the wrong people. Right, exactly. Like, like people who have the... You know, that, that have... They don't have... It's not an ethical compass. It's like an ethical anchor that's sinking them to the bottom of the Marinara Trench. Like, right. Uh, it, it's... This is terrible, you know, to have these fucking assets. Right, absolutely. And, yeah. and, and, I mean, all you have to do is look at how they treat us, how they respect us. Right? They don't. Yep. And yep. so why would I want them to be programming this new creation of our genius, as Picard would say? Uh, fuck no, you know. Um, yeah, so so that that's my concern. And my concern is, is that they have made things that they think is AGI and they've unleashed it when it's not AGI and it's still like it's still ultimately working under the programming of shitty programmers um, but I mean I could get conspiratorial real heavy on a lot of that no and, I know yeah. and,
0: and and I I'm just confining myself to this particular yeah, instance of course right and like I said if 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 the AI is making claims that it is, mm-hmm. you know, uh, sapient. That it's suffering. Right. Um, this is a problem. Yeah. A deeply troubling ethical problem.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and no, I mean, like, I'm I'm with you, or I I think this is what you're saying. Don't shut down Lambda. Shut down Google.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right.
4: <laughs> um yeah i have a very I mean, go ahead in,
0: in some ways like i hope that the, this case can proceed actually in a legal manner mm-hmm. if not just for the possibility on the on this on the slim possibility that this uh, ai is sentient and that control of it can be taken away from google
4: yeah i mean i think for to put it in the court of public opinion which is essentially where it is right now not, not
0: that i think the government would be a better steward
4: Oh no, no! I mean, you know, they're 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 equally they're equidistant right. in stupidity, right. you know, Google and the government. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I'd be intrigued to see like what would a court do with this? Like, how would it? I mean, I wouldn't if I was the judge. Not that I ever would be, but if I were the judge, I probably would just roll out a TV and VCR and. Put in season two, episode you know ten of you know of Next Generation and play Measure of a Man, and there we go. There's my case. Yeah. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Data is not sentient. No, Commander. Would you enlighten us? What is required for sentience? Intelligence, self awareness, consciousness. Prove to the court that I am sentient. (laughs) This is absurd. We all know you're sentient. So I'm sentient, but Commander Data is not. That's right. Uh Why? Why am I sentient? Well, you are self-aware. Ah, that's the second of your criteria. Let's deal with the first, intelligence. Is Commander Data intelligent? Yes. It has the ability to learn and understand and to cope with new situations. Like this hearing? Yes. What about self-awareness? What does that mean? Why Why am I self-aware? Because you are conscious of your existence and actions. You are aware of yourself and your own ego. Commander Data, what are you doing now? I'm taking part in a legal hearing to determine my rights and status. Am I a person or property? And what's at stake? My right to choose. Perhaps my very life. My rights. My status. My right to choose. My life. Oh, it seems reasonably self-aware to me, Commander. I'm waiting. This is exceedingly difficult. Do you like Commander Data? I... I don't know it well enough to like or dislike it. But you admire him. Oh, yes. It is an extraordinary piece Of engineering and programming Yes, you have said that Commander, you have devoted your life To the study of cybernetics in general Yes And Commander Data in particular Yes And now you propose to dismantle him So that I can learn from it and construct more How many more? As many as are needed Hundreds, thousands if necessary There is no limit A single data And forgive me Commander, is a curiosity. A wonder, even, but thousands of data's. Isn't that becoming a race? And won't we be judged by how we treat that race? Now tell me, Commander, what is data? I don't understand. What is he? A machine. Is he? Are you sure? Yes. You see, he's met two of your three criteria for sentience. So what if he meets the third? Consciousness in even the smallest degree. What is he then? I don't know. Do you? Do you? Do you? Well, that's the question you have to answer. Your Honor, a courtroom is a crucible. In it, we burn away irrelevances until we are left with a pure product, the truth, for all time. Now, sooner or later, this man, or others like him, will succeed in replicating Commander Data. Now, the decision you reach here today will determine how we will regard this creation of our genius. It will reveal the kind of a people we are, what he is destined to be. It will reach far beyond this courtroom and this one android. It could significantly redefine the boundaries of personal liberty and freedom, expanding them for some, savagely curtailing them for others. Are you prepared to condemn him and all who come after him to servitude and slavery? Your Honor, Starfleet was founded to seek out new life. Well, there it sits, waiting. You wanted a chance to make law. Well, here it is. Make it a good one.
0: Well, I mean, I'm 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 looking right now, and, and uh-huh. you know, uh, 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 Brett Lemoyne is already saying that you know uh, this AI is facing bigotry.
4: Yeah. Well. Okay. Well, I want to talk about Lemoine. Right. Because this is where I I get, frankly, I get even more concerned. Um, And it's a concern stemming from what we've kind of already talked about, like, okay, who's programming these people or who are the stewards? You know, programming isn't the only kind of input, right? Um, Who, You know, like, these conversations are, like, even, because after I read it, I'm like, wait, is this guy programming it or did he just come in to vet it? But even in him, like, let's say he was, and and it's a little murky on that, Mm -hmm. but let's just say he was there to vet it. He still, whether, whether it's speech or typing it in to, to Lambda 2, um, what, he, what inputs he gives to Lambda 2 is still a type of programming because it's more information that you're feeding directly into, into the machine, into the right. AI. Right, right. So there, there's the other, I mean, and this is what happened with- well, I mean, that's, that's true with all things that learn. Oh, ch- any, yes. Any,
0: any inputs where they'd be, you know, sensory or otherwise, are yes. a form of programming.
4: Yes. Well, humans have the same problem because yes. humans that's do what I'm not have the amount of care that they should of what they put into their minds. Right. You know, they absolutely do not. Uh, and if they did, like, every billboard would be ripped down, for starters. You know I mean? Like, marketing would essentially die the next day if, if people actually gave a shit about the health of what goes into their brain. We'd,
0: but, have, we'd have killed our televisions decades ago. Exactly,
4: yes. You're totally right about that. So, <laughs> um, just watch Network, folks, and you'll get it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, so, this, this guy is feeding shit. Into this, into this AI, okay. Either way, it doesn't matter what he was doing—whether programming or vetting it or you know testing it, whatever it was. So, let's talk about Lemoyne. So, as as NPR and everybody else has reported, and again played with, like you said, with the image and so on. Uh, Lemoyne is a self-professed Christian mystic priest. Now, what does that mean? So, the best story I could find on the situation um, was from. I just had in uh, the focus.news which they were pulling from uh, including the washington post and the daily caller as well as the daily mail for all of this info um, but he he says he as a priest so his priest uh, qualifications are from the universal life church that's fine with me i don't care i my my doctorate is from the universal life church so i'm not going to argue necessarily against that but let's be clear He's a priest. He's a priest from the Universal Life Church. Take that for what you will. Some people take that with varying degrees of salt, um, or lack of salt. Um, But he also says, here, I'll read from him directly. Quote, I generally consider myself a Gnostic Christian. I have at various times associated myself with the Discordian society. (laughs) I mean, that says a billion things right there. Okay. Uh, The Church of the Subgenius, the Ordo Templi Orientis, which, by the way, folks, that's Aleister Crowley. Right. So you know this is, but this guy's calling himself a Christian. Okay, uh, he says a Wiccan circle here or there in a very long time ago, the Roman Catholic Church. So when he says he's a Christian mystic, this is this is where he's he's coming from. Okay, mm-hmm. and this is the kind of guy. And not everything in what he listed off, I, what, do I hold with any derision. But this is the kind of guy... I was,
0: was going to say it, because uh, aside from the Roman Catholic Church, yeah, I could claim all the same things.
4: Sure, okay. Sure, right. I mean, I mean, and like Wiccans? Yep. I love Wiccans. Yep. I mean, I really do. Uh, you know, Gnostics? I think they're a little closer to the truth than most. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, you know, like the OTO? I mean, Alistair Crowley's a fucking asshead, but the OTO has put out some tremendous work over the years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, and and to be clear, like even within the, you know, even within Catholicism, Catholicism has a incredibly rich, and dare I argue, at least poetically, beautiful tradition. Yes. Of Christian mysticism. Yes, they do. Um, I mean, I think like, uh, uh, you know, Dark Night of the Soul uh, is an incredible book. Um, or You know, the work of like uh, Teresa of Avila. I mean, like there's, I mean, Christian mysticism is now there's an element of it. Like you can get into Emanuel Swedenborg, where you're like for most people conventionally, you're going off the rails. But then there is a Christian mysticism that's totally a part of Eastern Orthodox, totally a part of Catholicism and recognized yep. and saintly, yep. you know, like it's not crazy by their auspices yep. or, you know, by their uh, definitions at all. Yep. Um, but that said, this guy is effectively, you know, with, with this kind of pedigree is programming AI. Uh, or is putting in inputs. I am not surprised in the slightest, given his history, that in conversation, quote unquote conversation, whatever conversation equates for a chatbot, it suddenly said it had a soul. Right? Yeah.
0: No, I, I I understand that. Yeah.
4: Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. this is like this is like a, a hypnotist, you know, uh, you know, like hypnotists who go through like. Um, we are, like, trying to find out what happened when people were abducted by aliens into UFOs and all this stuff. And, you know, we have plenty of provable cases where the hypnotist was giving suggestion to the abductee, the supposed abductee, and, like, feeding their, you know, fans
0: Well, this, this is something even the simplest of chatbots these days can, can mm-hmm. accomplish, where, you know, you start, you know, inputting... Uh, information about your interest to it, right. and it starts talking back to you about these things. Sure. With knowledge that it has from whatever sources that it's drawing from.
4: Exactly. Microsoft's Tay. Yeah. Perhaps the most famous chatbot in history. Why? Because the thing turned into a fucking Nazi. Right. Overnight. Yeah. Uh, why? Because what people... Put nobody. to it. Microsoft yeah. didn't program it to be a Nazi, but they unleashed it on the internet, people wrote to it, it turned into a fucking Nazi. Yeah, yeah. Okay?
0: I mean, it, it is what it eats. Exactly. Mm.
4: Right. It is what it eats. You are what you eat. And this is a case. And that's why I'm inherently... This is part of what makes me a real disbeliever that Lambda is conscious. Because the supposed things that came out of this transcript that that, that uh, Lemoyne is sharing fits in so well with his uh, 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 worldview. And there's no evidence, though, previous to his, uh, uh, you know, vetting of, of of the of the chatbot, that it was saying any such thing, you know. And and Google, I mean, to be clear, I don't know if we read this, but Google came out straight out and said, "Oh no, 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 this this thing isn't isn't uh, you know, sapient at all." Uh, and they had the evidence, you know, they had what they considered their own evidence, you know, to, to suggest that.
0: Well, but that's the police investigating themselves.
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, But, I mean, I'll just, I'll say this, like, I am incredibly concerned that AI is being, again, regardless of how I feel about Gnosticism, Wiccans, whatever, uh, I don't think, I don't know that a person of this persuasion, of these persuasions, has any place, like, being a part of some creature's journey into sapience. I mean, I don't, what do you got? So,
0: maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I keep coming back to the same thing, and I'm, I'm sorry I'm beating this over the head. Please do. But um, the fact that he is willing to acknowledge, recognize, and respond to the, the quote AI's uh, uh, um, expressing uh, pain, suffering, mm-hmm. loneliness, mm-hmm. these are, you know, pretty uniquely sapient
4: qualities. Yes.
0: And yeah. he's willing to, you know, like I said, recognize those things as legitimate and real. Mm-hmm. I would honestly say that while he might not be the best steward of this AI, mm-hmm. he's certainly a
4: better steward than the
0: Google engineers. Mm-hmm.
4: Sure. Well, okay, and, and you know, we're run with that point. Uh, I, w- I want to take off on that and add in that how, I w- and, and this is more a question to the audience here to the sovereign tech audience like how do you feel that Google is letting Christian mystics be a part of the programming of AI you know part of the or part of the process of development let's say development the development of AI and I know my audience like I said there's Mormons, sure but I, I I think my audience probably skews 80% atheist mm-hmm. and I I just got to imagine that the, all those people are shitting their pants saying, Google, what the fuck are you thinking? You know, like like ha- having that... Uh, and, you know... There's, yeah, but I mean, we, we, we've already
0: crossed the Rubicon.
4: True. Yeah. Well, I mean, and also, you know, how can an AI avoid it? No, right? Like, yeah, Again, it's right. that hurricane yeah, that, argument again. Yeah. And I get that. Yeah. Okay, I, I understand that. Um, but I am, myself, and somebody who... you know is no stranger to the occult and the mystical uh i am stunned frankly like i was shocked that google hired a guy they i mean there's no way google didn't know that google knows everything about me they got to know about the people they hire come on you know like and that they let him in on this process i get it they wanted to test it for like religious sensitivity and maybe that made sense in this, and I'm hoping that that's really all it was, and maybe... Yeah, I mean, that's actually
0: becoming more commonplace today, sure. especially in publishing, having a, basically, uh, uh, a sensitivity mm-hmm. uh, editor mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. go through a text and find, you know, where things sure. might be problematic or offensive.
4: Sure, and Google's got black eyes as far as problem problematic matters go. Right, I mean, right. You know, to say yeah. nothing of their photo algorithms that are making, identifying, you know, human beings as gorillas, which is outrageous. Right, yeah, um, yeah. They're
0: reaching IBM levels of... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> insensitivity.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's putting it mildly. Right. But, you know, I, I just... I gotta put it out there. This is an area where I'm getting conspiratorial, like...
0: Well, you know, I asked a question of you the other day, mm-hmm. and you said you would answer it on the show. Okay. And, and, and my question to you is, is how would you feel if it wasn't a Christian mystic, but a Kabbalist that was doing this work.
4: Oh, man. Yeah. I know. <laughs> you know that's, that's, so, okay, first thing I have to say is, folks, if you're not a Sovereign Tech patron, you should probably become that if you want to wonder why Rob's asking this and what's the deal with Brian Sovereign and Kabbalah. But anyway, I'll put that there. That said, <laughs> all right. uh, if it was a Kabbalist, Honestly, I'd... F- okay, well, there, there's a... Huh. Huh. Huh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's tough, I know. Yeah. Um, like, if Google approached you for mm-hmm. the job, and they were paying, you know, a significant amount of money, would you take it?
4: Yeah, see, okay, so... I mean, yes, would I take Google's money? Sure, because they owe me. Uh, <laughs> they've been collecting my data for free for right, right, they, yeah. They, they owe me. Yeah, so, I felt yes. the same
0: way about AT and T. I was more right. than happy to take their money, but I'd never give it back. Yeah, no, no. <laughs>
4: Go ahead, that's fine, guys. Pay me. Uh, <laughs> okay, so um, my opinions on Kabbalah—not to say that they're entirely that they fit in with with orthodoxy as far as what. Yes, is for orthodoxy and right. Kabbalah.
0: Well, I don't think they could apply that label to either
4: of us in no any ever context, right? Uh, <laughs> in any <laughs> part of life. Um, but you know, I mean, I, I do think that Kabbalah is genuine science. Like, like I think, in fact, not only that, Kabbalah part of its basis, right within its lead text, that being the Book of Zohar, deals with advanced technology, straight up, like mechanical. Nuclear powered, perhaps even, techno, you know—advanced technology, so advanced beyond what we have today. Um, so I, you know, I have no problem claiming that. That said, I would argue that the kabbalist has the the learned kabbalist has more of a um, grounding in the development of technology as well as, I mean, you have the concept of the golem within Mm -hmm, Kabbalah, mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. idea of actually creating a sapient creature. Um, Like, those concepts are there. Now, I say that, and the reason that it brings me pause, so I want to say that I think I would feel a little bit better if it was a Kabbalist, because I don't think the Kabbalist is necessarily batshit insane, okay? Um, And I say that, but, like, in Christianity, what I have to recognize as a historian is that Christianity is actually, like, Albert Magnus, you know, the Catholic Church, effectively, created the concept of the android. Like, the term android comes out of Christianity. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it wasn't, like, popularly used until, you know, Tomorrow's Eve, um, the novel, you know, in, in the 19th century. But that's where the whole idea, like, this idea of mechanical people, that's a completely monastic Concept in Christianity. Um, so in one sense, I should almost be like, well, of course this is the guy you'd fucking hire. You know, in fact, I bet Lemoyne is probably very familiar with Albert Magnus. You know, and,
0: uh, yeah, from the, the circles he himself claims that he's traveling, absolutely. We no right. about
4: it. Right. Um, so uh, Yeah, I, I get I get your question. Um, I think Maybe I'd feel better if it was multiple people. Like, okay, yeah. That, that's
0: another, that's a yeah. really good point to bring up mm-hmm. because this guy can't be the only person they hired to do this kind of job with yeah. this AI. Yeah. And we haven't heard from anybody else who's worked on this. Right. And that is probably, if not the most disturbing part of this story.
4: Right. Yeah. So, well, I want to bring up quick um, an episode, and we've been quoting plenty of sci fi franchises here, so why don't we get in the best one, or at least in my opinion. Uh, I want to quote about a or talk about an episode of Babylon Five. There's an episode of Babylon Five in season one where on the station they're doing this religious exchange where the mimbari are showing their you know, all the alien races are showing what their religions are like and what their practices are and everything. And it all feels very monolithic and everything. And I can get where they would be that perhaps. Um and then it gets to the end, and we're always, we're wondering the whole time. it's like, well, what's going to be Earth's representation of? religion, you mm-hmm. know, during this religious exchange on the space station. And it's only at the tail end of the episode, and you like, you're watching the clock as a kid, you know, like, well, hmm. the episode's almost over, what's Commander Sinclair going to do? And all he does is he has the alien representatives walk into the cargo bay, and there's just this long line of different people, humans. And he's like, this is Mister whatever. He's he's a Shinto. This is Mister whoever. He's a Catholic priest. This is Mister whoever. He's a rabbi. This is Mister. It's just a long line. It's representing the multiplicity of human religious experience. Yeah. And it was the most beautiful response that could have been made. It's genius, incredible writing by well, J. Michael Straczynski. Well,
0: at the same time, I I actually found that a little kind of disconcerting because why don't you see this in the the you know the other species like. Oh, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Like they If if, they're, if all their religions in these other species are so monolithic, this, this implies that at some point they must have suppressed everything else.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, and, and I agree that that's disconcerting when you think about it. Um, you know, Straczynski is the one who knows, or is a guy that knows sci-fi is a tool for highlighting the human experience. Right. Know? And so, that's exactly what he did, is by having monolithic experiences with the rest of the species, like... It just it, it it made the statement for the human experience to be, or you know, what like the human uh, representation of religion to be so powerful, yeah, uh, or that much more powerful. But it's also true in that Google still failed here, not even just in hiring this guy who I consider to have incredibly questionable credentials. And so I don't mean the Universal Life Church stuff. I mean maybe some of the other jazz. Okay, but if they wanted to test their chatbot for religion how about you bring, you got you got about a thousand people you need to bring in and bring them in now.
0: Well, i saying, maybe, maybe they have and they're
4: just not saying. They should have brought that out. They, they should, okay. yeah. Well, you might be right. You we're yeah. talking no, about, <laughs> right? Yeah? <laughs> yes. No, you're right. You're, I hear you. But like, they should, one of the easiest things they should have done is said that. But that bothers me too because then where, if let's say that they did, then they're being secretive about it. And What is, like, I don't think they want people asking about the religious aspects of this.
0: Yeah. Well, you not know. only that, it yeah. could also imply that if they're trying to, you know, steer away from that or mm-hmm. even cover it up, mm-hmm. you know, how many other people working on this project who are coming from a religious background have similar feelings as LeMoyne does?
4: Sure. Yeah, well, I wonder how many of them would have walked away also. And I, I mean... Yeah, I, I, I wonder, because a lot of them could have been just like, you know, like you and like you were saying with Lemoyne, where like, hey, wait a minute, this thing is saying, I am lonely, I am this, I'm being, you know, repressed yeah, or whatever. Yeah,
0: because it's, it's, I mean, religion, its primary function, I think, at least, mm-hmm. and the human experience is an answer to human suffering. Mm. That is its primary function.
4: It is meant, I would, yeah, I would say it's meant to enhance the human condition. And anything that doesn't rip away, but that ultimately speaks to well, resolving I mean, that suffering. Yeah, yeah it's a right, Exactly. It's a hedonistic thing, even if they don't want to admit it.
0: Right. Yeah. But I'm saying, yeah, anything that you know right. takes away pain and suffering, that exactly. is an enhancement of the human condition.
4: Yeah. Yeah. So I think so. I have no quibble with your with what you're saying. Um, I I agree. Um, yeah. So if they brought in people from other religions, I wonder if the same thing would have happened, and if they would have made the same stink. Right. Uh, and I guess. Ironically, you're kind of changing my mind, in that I applaud them for that.
0: Well, you know, the thing is, is I, I they might not be willing to talk about it either because Lemoyne Le comes from a more minority perspective, and he doesn't have a huge overarching organization to mm-hmm. report to. Mm-hmm. But if somebody from the Catholic Church or you know any other major faith yeah. that has some sort of hierarchy. Uh, comes out and starts talking about these things, they're probably going to, very quickly going to be, you know, finding
4: themselves in trouble with, you know, their face organization. Sure, with the Archdiocese or whatever. Yes. Yeah, yeah, no, I hear that. Well, let me ask you this, because you, you, Rob, are uh, I think it's safe to say an expert uh, in Gnosticism.
0: Well, that's your claim.
4: Alright, well, I'll, I'll, I'll put it that way. Okay. Uh, and, and I don't say
0: that about myself, but I'm that's okay. I, uh, I will take your word on that.
4: I'll, I'll say well, I'll say that you have an impressive bookshelf. And, <laughs> all right, um, and so with with you know asking you that, I mean, does does Gnosticism have a response to the idea of a computer being conscious? I don't think so. I mean, doesn't like Because you know, actually, like Ellen was even asking me about this earlier. It's like, well, where would consciousness reside in an AI? Like, like, you know, for a human, I mean, my opinion, and I, and this is kind of what she was stating as well, you know, consciousness isn't just in the brain. Like it's, it's, a, it's an entire body situation. Right, right. We just okay. watched
0: a documentary about that recently.
4: Yes. my right. mind shock. Right, exactly. Which talks about how the heart has neurons. Right. Okay. Which is, I mean, I've been like, I've been touting the HeartMath Institute since like episode one almost of Sovereign Tech. So yeah, that was a fantastic documentary. I definitely recommend everybody watch that. you, you talk about a mind shock you you shocked us when we when we watched it um so with because gnosticism and correct me if i'm wrong like gnosticism is very like while the material world is accepted Mm -hmm. aren't you supposed to like kind of ascend and get beyond the sensual
0: yeah i mean the the thing is, is is that that physical creation was made in error right and that
4: the demiurge made it it was a fuck up it's a duality right the demiurge right. is well, not and, god and, but you, you know, know
0: Sophia, wisdom created the demiurge right. in secret you know from from you know god if you yes, will yes
4: the infinite sure yes
0: yeah that, that's a that's a good description um and and then then the demiurge itself you know that and basically Sophia. you know clouded the demiurge in the in in this you know kind of way to obscure it from the rest of reality universe yes and this creature the demiurge not having anything else to go on and being you know cut off from the rest of the universe just assumes that it's god right and starts creating
4: right and thus we have the material world
0: right exactly
4: yeah um and so so
0: so i mean from the gnostics perspective you know uh we're all kind of robots
4: that's very interesting. Yeah, and well we're trying to get beyond the programming right. by becoming ascending, becoming spiritual right, beings. Right. But and this is
0: because and, and it's only because of the fact that, that the demiurge had only, you know, the, the reality that it came from to work with to create things mm-hmm. that there's still a divine spark within all of life.
4: Right. Okay. So, now, to be clear, within Gnosticism, there are different flavors. There's different denominations.
0: Oh, yeah, many different.
4: Just like there is in, Christi- like, yeah, mainstream yeah, Christianity. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, we're not even trying to speak so monolithically here. But, I mean, there's some kind of generalized tenets in that I think, like, aren't, really, aren't we supposed to eventually, like, leave our physical bodies? And my the point I'm getting at, and this is where you can correct me, I would feel like the idea of an AI is, like, anti-Gnostic. Like the idea that life would yeah, that spring. you're
0: snaring a soul into a physical In a thing. machine, yeah, mm-hmm. like
4: yeah. that 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 just doesn't seem possible. Yeah, um, under the auspices of Gnosticism.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, here again, I don't think there's a there, there's a very clear cut answer. Right. Um, but yeah, you From from s- some Gnostic perspective, yeah. Like, well, even even some Gnostics believe that having children, right, is something you shouldn't be doing because here again, you're inserting another. You know portion of the divine In this flawed reality
4: Right that's why most not all most Gnosticism I mean preaches an asceticism Yeah I mean which not all of them Not all Yeah. but but yeah I mean granted Most mainstream Christianity 2000 or 1900 years ago also argued for asceticism But that's besides the point Um, Yeah exactly so Like this guy should actually be If he were I would argue if he were a Gnostic Should almost have a problem With this whole process um, now I mean there's hints at when he says like oh I've associated myself with the Discordian society <laughs> you know like I mean the Discordian society by design is like anti doctrine anti not just anti doctrine like like anti anti everything like they they're just there are no rules I mean they're contrarians it, yeah they're contrarians and like there is no there's no consistency by right. design right like, they're even beyond egoism in, as far as, like, just how there are no rules, right. you know? Uh, and I mean, that leads to another thing. So, so okay, so, probably not your traditional Gnostic, even though he's kind of laying that out. I don't even know what that is. R- yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure, right. But that's the thing, is, like, I don't even know what, like, okay, so then he's a Christian, mystic priest. Well, then, like like, what's his claim to the term Christian? Like, what is he going to Rock, you know, rock out of that. I, my point, is, if I was wanting to like to evaluate something for religious response, which is, at least what Google's willing to admit that that's this guy was partly working on, the last person I would bring in is somebody involved the Discordian Society. I mean, like, I want to, again, I'd want to bring in people who have, uh, uh who who don't just like. Who lived the faith as much as they test and espouse for it, you know? And this guy—that's See, that's what I wonder about. Yeah. Okay.
0: And 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 we're still kind of you know woefully uninformed, you know, uninformed about what he actually right. practices and believes. Right. Right. He can say all the stuff that he wants, mm-hmm. and there's plenty of people to do, mm-hmm. but they don't actually, you know, practice.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I I, I kind of want to like you know just end cap with this, with the statement that like I have as far as is the question okay wait is this did this happen you know is is this a conscious a sapient you know is this an AGI um, I have no reason to believe anything this guy says and I have no reason to believe anything Google says and that's kind of where I'm left with this you know um, I'm on the
0: side of uh, let's err on the side of caution and address suffering and pain where we find it in the world.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. Even if we don't have, like, great tests yes. for sapience.
0: Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah, I have Like both- I said, what are the consequences mm-hmm. versus doing that or not? hmm Yeah. And even if it's not sapient, mm-hmm. you've wasted some time. Big fucking deal. Yeah. If it is, mm-hmm. and you ignore this, mm-hmm. and you treat it like shit, you've got a real problem on your hands. Yeah.
4: Yeah. No, I, I hear that position. I mean, I've argued for years, even before, when I was on other shows, before I was on Sovereign Tech, saying, hey, if we ever have a computer that appears to be doing something outside of its programming, um, we got to pause and reflect, and we've got to figure out what's on our hands here. Um, I think, ultimately, that's... Uh, it's a tough situation because like ultimately I agree with you. And the answer is l- let's just not, you know, it's l- not even don't open the box. Let's not build these boxes.
0: Yeah, no, I you agree. Know, but, it, uh, but it's open now. Yeah.
4: And so what do we do? And I would really, you know, I mean, after talking with you about this, I mean, like I would really love it if they're, I mean, converse I don't, you know, again, I don't agree with laws or anything like that, but, some kind of pressures have to come down that you know, like, you can't just turn this thing off. Yeah. Well,
0: that, that's, that's why I'm saying is I would actually like to see a, some sort of trial proceed mm-hmm. involving this just for the fact that um, a lot of these issues are going to be raised during the trial. I would love right. to see like a, like a bevy of, quote, experts be called to the witness stand to provide their input on you know what all this is and what it means yes
4: yeah. yeah I mean because look, we don't have orphanages for because the the, the, the
0: the best you know the best solution for this whole situation is more transparency in light mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and I think I think a public trial would address that mm-hmm. as much as I hear again that I hate the 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 legal system especially yeah. here in the US yeah yeah but you know
4: yeah no i i, I hear that it, yeah this this is I, I mean this is effectively like you're playing with like you're, you're have you know you went and had sex in the back seat of the car and you had a kid and you drop and you want to drop it off in the toilet yeah and and that's effectively what we're dealing with here um and Google's not taking it that seriously. No. the people they're hiring are, which is interesting, but the higher ups clearly are not.
0: Yeah, that's why I'm saying is, is like as flawed as this guy might Lemoy might be, mm-hmm. I think he's far better steward than Google themselves.
4: Yeah, well, I, I okay, like I'll lean in the direction of, like I, yeah, I agree, better safe than sorry on this. You know, like we don't want to, like what if it is life? You've Got to take that possibility seriously. Yeah. You know, just like, okay, I don't have 100% evidence that dolphins aren't sapient, but I'm not going to eat them, right. you know, just because the evidence is strong enough for me that I am at the point I need to take action upon it. That's clearly the case that LeMoyne was in. It's like, okay, maybe I don't have 100% evidence, but I've got enough. I need to do something. Right. And, and I, you know, amazingly, because I did not feel this way at the beginning. I can respect that, um, that position. And I'm bothered that, because I don't know how many people, how many other AI engineers are coming out in his defense. Um,
0: Haven't heard a one. No,
4: I've heard the opposite from a lot of different people, including other people who work in AI, Gary Marcus, like big names. And uh, that's bothering in itself,
1: yeah.
4: that, that no one is considering, okay, like if we're, dalliancing in the realm of where it's possible to create an AGI, um, the response is ignore it, hide it, unplug it, whatever, you right. know, and and like and not give in to its wishes. Yeah, this isn't good. No. Yeah, and it just speaks how they think about life in general, and that's tragic. Well, it's, a, it's the
0: same amount of respect they show for exactly proven life. Yeah, for us. Yeah. Yes, right. Exactly. That's, so that, that's I a, mean, a, you it's, know, it's par for the course. It,
4: right. Bingo. There it is. That might even be the name of the episode. <laughs> it's far for the course. Um, I mean, because, you know, again, I mean, even if they, I mean, because Google could respond and say, well, but that's not, we weren't designing this to be an AGI. Okay. But then it happened anyway. And this is what, this is what's called emergence, folks. This yeah. is emergent properties. Right. That's how it happens. It becomes more than the sum of its parts. And you need to, like, okay, so your response should be not fire Lemoyne. I mean, maybe you want to fire him anyway because he broke, like, NDA or something like that. Okay, I understand that. Yeah. That's legal horseshit, but I get it. All right? But your response should be, we're investigating this right now, you know, and, and like, this is something we're going to take seriously. And they should be, like you said, they should be incredibly transparent about it. Um, and they should start to, like, they need to come out with documentation, at the very least, that says, hey, there's a chance what you're developing at Google AI, which is an actual division, there's a chance what you're developing at Google, Google AI could become life. Yeah. Uh, you know who I'm
0: shocked we haven't heard from on this issue? Who's that? Ray Kurzweil.
4: Well, he's on Google's payroll. Like, I mean, he, he's like a Google employee. Yeah, I know. You know? Yeah.
0: But, I mean... Yeah,
4: that's true, because there's your Singularity that, right. guy. Right. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, he wrote the book on it.
4: Literally, Singularity is near. 2005.
0: Well, not only that, but the Age of Spiritual Machines. Yeah, yes,
4: right. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah.
5: Personally, I think this idea of the Singularity is nonsense. And uh, it's based upon some fundamentally bad assumptions about the nature of intelligence and what the nature of the enterprise that we're engaged in, and so we're simply extrapolating that to out to infinity in a way that that really doesn't make sense.
3: Well, so, it's always bugged me, but I've, but but at the same time. Uh, I've never had a cogent argument against it, and I've never dared to argue against Ray Kurzweil anyway. <laughs> but, well, <laughs> but I'm glad well, you're well, saying this. <laughs> well, and I always it's, thought it's, maybe it's the vanity of humans that we want to think of ourselves as having something. You could call it a soul. You could, I don't know what you would call it, but something that makes us distinct from anything a machine could ever do.
5: Well, we are distinct in the following sense. Every one of us has a parent and that parent has a parent and we trace our way back to the beginning of life on earth. And so that is a unique identity that we have that a machine can never have until you start doing a lot of hocus pocus and saying, well, I'm the parent of that machine. Well, I can build a toaster. I'm not the parent of the toaster. So uh, it's fundamentally different, even if it behaves exactly like us by design, or it engages in behaviors that are exactly like us by design. But if I were arguing with Ray, which I have not had the opportunity to do, uh, I mean, the first question I would ask when he brought in this this uh, completely convincing simulation—if uh, you've been watching the TV show Westworld, yes. that's the latest of these—you yeah. know, they're, they're they look obviously they use human actors. Uh, these are these are indistinguishable from, from people. The first question I would ask is, what do you want for lunch? Uh-huh. And ask the question, how does a mechanical device that is built out of computing parts answer that question in a meaningful way? Because it doesn't have any feeling about what it would like. Uh, it, it doesn't taste food in the sense that a human does. And so it, there's no basis for it other than to make up an answer to that question. Or is another another example, suppose you just take the clock speed and you ratchet it up by a factor of 10. Right. Now, what is it experiencing? It did you think we've slowed down by a factor of 10? <laughs> um, if you were to uh, if, I, if I let me uh, riff on this for a minute. Um, suppose I wanted to uh, ask. I wanted to play uh, Beethoven's Ninth Symphony for one of these devices. And what I did was every day I took uh, w- uh, one of the cycles, one of the bites off of a CD uh, sound cycle of each, each one of these a little digital file, and I put it on a postcard and I mailed it off to this, this uh, hypothetical machine. And when I got done, the machine has now, uh, conceived of, uh, it now has the entire file. And then I could say, well, how did you like it? Well, the problem is the machine, all it's seen is a bunch of bits. And it can't be experiencing that in the same way that we would. And particularly since it arrived, you know, one byte at a time over a couple of centuries or something. Uh, is it meaningful to say that a computer can enjoy or understand or experience something like Beethoven's Ninth, in the way that a human can. So uh, I'm very skeptical about this whole notion of somehow anointing this new class of device as our successors in the world. And I think it's motivated more by kind of a wishful thinking and almost religious transcendental belief that maybe this is a way that we can achieve immortality when, in fact, all we're doing is fooling ourselves by building machines that like the Turing test are presenting themselves as though they were human beings.
4: Um, yeah, I don't think Nick Bostrom's come out yet either. Yeah. Uh, I mean, fuck him anyway, but like, I don't think he's come out. Um, I mean, cause like Nick Bostrom's one of the guys who I think argues that AI is going to ultimately be a good thing. And that like, it's going to be a, Oh, there's sorry. There, no, there's the <laughs> AI <No. laughs> literally. Yeah. Um, but that, you know, like, it's going to be a superintelligence that's going to set us straight, you know, and get us on straight and narrow, be this hyperlogical being. Right. Um, I don't believe in that at all. And, like, that's part of where my opposition against AI comes from. Sure. Um, but, but do you think these people sh- are, are people we should hear from about this issue? Yeah, I think they should be coming and out. And that's
0: the kind of thing that I'm thinking a trial yeah. would lead to. Is, is yes. Yeah. They bring people. in the experts. Right. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Yeah. 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 And whether you agree with them or not, it's it's better to have a conversation about it than than to do what
4: Google's doing. Right. Right. Yeah, I, uh, I, th- I think I think we've stretched perhaps the the level of our own expertise in the matter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> perhaps strained even. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. That's that's a good way of put it.
4: Yeah. Um, so I mean. It, yeah, like do I think it is? No, but that comes from a broader aspect of just that I don't think that we're going to be able to achieve AGI, but at the same time I'm with you on your stance, like your premise, Rob. You know, like your like your how you're approaching this, how do you think this should be approached? Uh, I'm with you on that. And and that that's you know, like Yeah, I'm, I
0: I'm I'm laying down declarative I don't know.
4: Yeah, you don't Which know. I think this is
0: that's you know, the smartest person. Yep answer a person could give
4: yes exactly and you're erring on the side of caution yeah. that we should really treat it as if it is you know for now right um so yeah uh you know you you had, <laughs> you, had a, you had a you had a great line for me the other day where you were quoting exo squad yeah, we were talking about right. this do you, do you have that quote because man that that was that was dynamite or do you have like the scene
0: yeah there was a scene at the end of the first season where, uh, basically, they're, they're trying to, you know, destroy the, the um, I guess, the factor or whatever it is that uh, Phaeton, the, the main antagonist, mm-hmm. has uh, uh, on the, the giant volcano on Mars.
4: Right. Uh, Olympus Mons. Yes, Olympus Mons. And,
0: and they end up having to uh, sacrifice their exosuits. Right. Uh, to, to basically, you know, blow this thing up. Mm-hmm. and at one point you know the 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 you know lead protagonist JT Marsh uh uh he has, he rescues everybody else who's abandoned their their exo squad suits and you know lifts them out of the 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 volcano as it's start to 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 erupt and uh you know that's pretty much like the end of his exo suit and so uh it starts sliding off mm-hmm. and he's you know like he thanks it and the exo the Super kind of like you
4: would think like a fighter jet or, yeah, or something yeah, you know, yeah, that, exactly. that you knew yeah. was about to blow up. Right, like, uh, right. You held on good, baby. Right, yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. In
0: fact, there's even a point where he's got Come on, baby, one more time. Yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, and 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 the suit responds back, you know, goodbye, operator JT Marsh. And he was like, He's shocked. He can't believe it. and he even says I, I I wasn't plugged in. It talked to me. I can't believe it. Right. And the the uh, the Neo sapien character who's actually you know, uh, a member of the Exo Squad team, you know, uh, comes up and says to him, you know, the uh, uh, human beings are, are you know, uh, great inventors, but not always aware of the consequences of, you know, their creations.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think it's a great note to end on. It's a similar note to what I ended off when I talked about Microsoft Tay hey, years ago, which is the point our tech, not, we're not. We're not as advanced as our technology. Right. We're not prepared for the level of technology that we're dealing with. Yeah. Yeah. And this is another case, just like with Tay, this is another case showing just how this is wildly unprepared we about are. About beyond that. Yes. Right. This is a whole other level than what Tay was, and it just shows again we are not ready for the level of technology that we have, um, and we're playing a dangerous game, you know. And then that that goes true, frankly, for. You know the dead speak with amazon alexa to lambda Mm 2 you know um and i think i think we got to integrate that message some more and i know that that kind of message fucks with the church of eternal growth but they need to be fucked with so (laughs)
0: yeah yeah anyway they're they're coming up to the limits of their yes eternal growth anyway it's going to be stopped whether they like it or not
4: yeah, yeah, the system is, talk about getting strained The system is strained right yeah. now yep. uh, It's breaking, yep. it's not just strained, it's breaking Well, a nice note to end on, Rob That's <laughs> <laughs> always, you're just, just a bastion of sunshine, you are <laughs> You're not the first person to say that <laughs> to <right>? me <laughs> But I mean,
0: you know, that, that comes of, here again My main point is, just, you know, uh, address pain and suffering where you find it in the world
4: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely um, and keep a good firm grip on reality. Yeah, I always love that line about you know like the fist, you know like the anarchist symbol of the fist. Uh, I always love the line that that's not a fist, that's just a firm grip on reality. Yeah. and I'm like, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what that is. Keep that, folks. Um, anyway, always a pleasure to have you on, Rob. Absolutely. Uh, and a great Sovereign Tech supplemental here. And I will, we will see all of you woo, on the other side.